But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on the back of your shirt. Muted, <laughs> muted, a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Uh, welcome back, boys and girls. It's been two weeks, but we are back. This is the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. My name is Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Everett, it is cold. It is uh, chilly. I looked it up. It's negative five in Freedom Units. It's very cold. That's about negative 20 Celsius, where both you and I are. Uh, I'm in a celebratory mood because my Green Bay Packers won a huge playoff game yesterday. Uh, we don't need to, thank you. Thank you. We don't need to talk about that. We need to talk about volleyball because there is tons. There is tons yeah. in the two weeks since we last talked to you guys. Exactly. It's been two weeks. And not only has it been two weeks of just straight up volleyball, which would be a lot. Anyways, there's been bangs. Bangers. going on there's been upsets happening there's been rule changes there's yes. so much going on we've kicking people out of the discord for being racist if you're gonna come <laughs> to the discord to be racist screw you we're gonna kick you out um yeah so <laughs> there's there's been so much going on fun times uh, fun fun times first and foremost rob where where, where do we want to start we want to start with let's 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 jump no let's so we, we we got a lot we got a lot to talk about in Champions League, but before we do that, there is yes. a piece of news that came down the pipeline a week or so ago that uh, I think is important to talk about, and that is the FIVB announcing kind of through the Olympic Committee, the IOC, that uh, this year in the 2024 Olympics uh, there will be a change to the number of players on the roster. Now, if you hear that, you're going to be like, oh, my God, yes. Are they finally allowing 14 players like every no. other tournament in the quad? No, of course not. It's still only 12 players, but now you get an emergency 13th player that is allowed to be in Paris just in case somebody gets hurt and you need to replace them. But that 13th player is not on the official roster. They no. don't get to walk in opening ceremonies. They don't even get to stay in the Olympic Village, for goodness sake. And they don't get a medal if and when a team gets on the podium. So this, so honestly, I, I think that, I think that it might be worse. It might be worse to be this 13th player who feels totally excommunicated from his or her team <laughs> and is only brought into the mix in case of emergency. Like, if you're going to change the roster rules, like, this is the worst thing you could have done. And if they're, if they're not allowed to be, like, in the village or anything like that, they don't have accreditation. Right. right, so they're they're not going to the matches. Like you, you, you will literally be on the Olympic roster, and you will have to pay to go to the matches, or you're sitting at home and watching them. <laughs> so this is, oh, this is like, this is straight up boomer compromise. You know, like the teams and the teams and <laughs> countries being like, we use fourteen all the time. Give us fourteen, and they'd be like, we'll give you one, kind of, maybe. If someone, you know, if someone gets hurt, if someone gets like an, an upset stomach or something, then you you can bring this 13th person in. But like, I'm also just thinking about it. Like if you're the Olympics and you're thinking about the logistics, the logisticals of, of all of this, of maybe sometime mid mid tournament, you have to certify another person to be like certified to be in the athlete it's village. More it's work just, for them. It's just crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's just it's just crazy. Boom coders. Ooh, that's <laughs> well, so a like good this, name. That is a good one. 
But this isn't even the FIVB being boomers. This is the International Olympic Committee. The, the FIVB and all of its coaches has been lobbying the Olympics hard to get the, the roster changed oh. to 14 players. Wow. It, yes. This is, this is from the Olympics side, not well, from the FIVB side. I'll give them a break on this. Let's be honest. Like the Olympics are the boomers of the boomers. They like, absolutely they, they, are. Yes. They lead. They are at the top of the pyramid. They are the one percent of the one percent of sports boomification. That's like, right. That, that that is like it. It goes the Olympics and then FIFA for sure. Oh. With without a doubt, and then probably Roger Goodell. Um, but uh, <laughs> and the same thing with levels of corruption towards the top of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, oh man, this is such a slap in the face to that thirteenth player because it's already an impossible decision for every volleyball coach because you have fourteen players for literally every tournament of the quad, including Olympic qualification and everything, and so you already have to make two incredibly hard cuts the two deserving players who have helped you get to the Olympics. And now you're going to take one of those cut players and what have like have to put him in like an Airbnb in Paris or something <laughs> away from his or her teammates to make that player feel even worse about being just barely left off the list, even though they've been a valuable part of giving his, his or her team a, a spot like, in the Olympics. Like, what are we doing? Rob, you know, like this is an this is a question for coaches this summer, right? Like VNL week two will be in Ottawa, we'll have coaches, and we'll be we have to ask the coaches, like, what are you doing with your third? Like the coaches who are already, you know, qualified, we're not going to be going out there and asking Cuba's coach this because you know they're not going to qualify. Um, and and we're going to be like, what are we doing with that thirteenth player? I'm somewhat scared to ask Samuel Vuo, but I know Spira is going to give us a good, uh, like a, a straightforward answer. Spira said something already. I think Volleyball Magazine interviewed both him and Karch because they're both already qualified. And he said, like, yeah, this this sucks. Like, we've been we've, the the FIVB and all the coaches have been lobbying to get 14 players, but if they're going to give us 13. We're going to use 13. At least it'll help for practices because I think that player is going to be able to practice with the team. Okay, that's, so, that's good at least. Like Spira, I think, is going to bring either a fourth middle or a second libero, probably a fourth middle. But, like, God, I feel so bad for that 13th player. That's yeah. gonna, that's going to be so rough for that 13th player. I'm just uh, – uh, of, of all the changes you could have made to Olympic rosters, this was the worst way you could have possibly done it. I mean, you could have made the rosters smaller. <laughs> Oh man! Imagine so, like you go in the Olympics and it's like a ten-person roster. <laughs> boomerism at its finest. All right, that's enough about that. Before I get too yeah. angry, we've got enough volleyball to talk about. You want to talk about yeah. the the double contact thing before we move on? Yeah, let's 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 start, let's jump in right into the double contact. So I don't know if you guys have seen on our Instagram page, Rob has put out uh, basically a breakdown of the NCAA is putting forward a motion to get rid of the double contact just on second contact, like just just on the set. I mean, you've already got the rant there, Rob, so I'm just going to let you take it away. First and foremost, though, I'm in favor of this. I'm absolutely Good. in favor of this. Let's like I'm I'm in favor of letting the ball decide the rallies. Yep. Um, I know you and I defer on this, but I think this is one situation in terms of rules where we both come together because yeah. it, it gets both what, what we want at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm in favor of n number one. I'm in favor of objectivity. Uh, like getting subjectivity out of the game and two, letting the ball decide the rally instead of the whistle. So that's why you and I kind of differ on the net violation idea. But this one for double context, just to be clear. Uh, it, so what, what the NCAA is proposing is that if you set a ball overhead 
and it stays on your side and it's one motion, then they're never going to call the double contact. But if it's two distinct motions or if it goes to the other side, so that includes the third contact, like if you're sending it over on third contact and you mangle it, they can use judgment to call that. But this is what the VLA has done since 2020. We've had this rule in since the beginning and it's been fantastic. It took me a while to kind of turn a corner on it because I'm like, yeah, the like you, you got to hold high level setters to a high standard. But one, it, it takes the, the the judgment of the official on the on the ball handling quality out of the game, which is good. But the other thing is that like in, in sports, when you want to call a violation or a foul on something, it's because either your team is gaining an unfair advantage or you're putting the other team at an unfair disadvantage. Neither is happening here. If you set a ball badly, it is not an advantage for your team. No. Why would we why would we penalize you with a whistle to end a point on a play that is already worse for your team because you set a ball badly? There's there's only like one situation like in thinking of this that I think that that it could happen in my mind where like you get an advantage and if it's like you're trying to trace a ball and like you're spinning around the ball as you chuck it, you know, the ball that's kind of, yeah, like it's a bad pass and you're just kind of like, huh, and you just kind of toss it there. That's like one of the few situations where I think you might actually get that advantage. But I think in those situations, you might see more lift that's call exactly what I was just because say. of like the, 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 the longevity of like how long that ball is in your hands. Um, so yeah, ultimately I like it. I mean, imagine in football, is it like if we started calling if it wasn't a perfect spiral? Exactly. Right? Like there's 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 a little bit of wobble on right. the ball. The wide receiver catches it, runs it in for, for a touchdown, and they bring it back because there's like they bring it to review because like there's a little bit of wobble on the ball. Like it's 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 ridiculous. Um I was thinking similar yeah, analogy I do, in, I, in in, in I, golf. Let's let's say you hit a golf ball and it's not perfect contact it's not directly in the center of the club face and the ball goes somewhere a little bit weird with a weird quality of spin are you going to give someone a penalty stroke for hitting a worse shot of course not yeah no i mean i i i am gonna miss like people getting mad at the refs for not (laughs) calling doubles like that that is it's it's always it's always good uh but yeah let's just clean up the game let's no more whistles whistles. our refs are dumb dumb enough as it is right um so actually i'm gonna take that back i feel like i feel like compared to some of the stooge refereeing we're seeing in other leagues as of a recent as in like NFL, NFL refs and, suck. MLB refs are refs are absolutely terrible. Hockey refs are really bad. Basketball, like the big four sports, terrible refereeing. Yep. We don't necessarily have that that same problem in volleyball. That's I don't. Why, think. There I, is some I, there is some bad refereeing, but oh sure. But like I I think that one of the huge advantage of so volleyball as a as a sports product as a whole is that it is not so dependent on officiating, and it's very much not a, a dependent on subjective judgment of officials pretty much everything at the highest level is objective and reviewable and this is just another step in taking a piece of judgment out of out of the game which is great now if if you all have takes on this get in our instagram comments on either mine and volleyball sources on both accounts because there's there's a lot of boomers in there that do not understand the difference between a lift and a double contact because these are those are different things i personally am in favor of getting rid of the double contact call but increasing the strictness on the lift call both in se- in se- second contact and third contact. I think there's a little bit too much of this garbage going on I'm on third contact. Fully, fully on board with third contact. Yeah. You know what? 
I, I think volleyball is a violent game and it, we just need some more like doofuses who are out there just taking big chucks at the ball. Love like it. that, that's what I want to see. I, as much as I love Lepke going over on two or whatever, I love just being a, seeing a big oaf, just take a chew at a ball and see what happens. <laughs> you know, nothing better than it. Like nothing better than it. All right. So Bob yeah, get, getting our, getting our Instagram comments. If, if, if you want to get in on that debate, but we got volleyball to talk about eh, Mr. DeLorme. Yeah, there's there's so much. First and foremost, we have to talk about Champions League because we saw a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stuff recently that has just been uh, a little crazy. All over, all, like like look at the first two ones on the top of that that screen right there. Guagua beating Estrebski, Olympiacos three donging Zaxa. Where, 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 and like so many others, tools, three donging Zhezhov, Lundberg's complete free fall in the second half free of this fall. of this Champions League. They went from being like almost a lock to making the playoffs, and now I, I, I don't think they can. Lube losing to Galati. Like, what happened <laughs> last week in the Champions League, Rob St. Clair? Like, I'm seriously getting like PTSD just looking at this again, just going through it again, remembering everything that we watched last week. Yeah, this was this was ridiculous, and so like this was the week that reminds us why and how Champions League can be the best tournament to watch in all of volleyball because of just chaotic garbage like this. Like, remember when we did the preview show with Eric Shoji, and we were like, "All right, Lubech Ivanova and Yashemsky Vangil have two of the easiest pools in Champions League history." And here goes Lube on the road losing to a Romanian team and Yashemsky uh, losing three points to a Spanish team. All three Polish teams lose. Zero of them even get any points. Zerot Bank needs like a miracle to beat a Belgian team in the fifth set. Like, what is going on? This, this is an all-time crazy week. And with uh, the calendar kind of being more condensed this year, we get right back at it again this week, and we're going to go through all the scenarios because week six for both the men and the women is this week, and they they pack all the women's games on Tuesday and all the men's games on Wednesday. It's going to be all time drama for two straight days. Yeah, there's this this is a lot to to handle. Um, there's there's a few games I want to talk about here though, Rob. Uh, first of all, I'm looking at this uh, Lube versus Galati game. Me too. This one was actually entertaining. It was right. This wasn't this like. Like this was whiny Lube. And, <laughs> it was. Like, they, you they, texted me they, that, and I'm like, absolutely. This, it was absolutely whiny Lube. This, this is whiny Lube for sure. But like, they weren't terrible in this game. They only made like five hitting errors, which is which is pretty crazy. But Galati only made two. Like Galati, you could just tell they had the confidence, right? They were going for it. Their crowd was behind them. They've got some questionable jerseys that are red and red and blue that I'm not sure if I love or hate. Like they're either ones that I would give like an eight or a two to. Like I'm I'm still not sure. But Galati really like came out to play. And it's it's one of those 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 instances where a team gets that wind underneath their, their sails and it doesn't dissipate. Um, I mean, Lube wasn't doing themselves any favors, and they were just being whiny Lube. Like, it, it seemed like they were annoyed that they had to play volleyball, um, which, I mean, get over it, figure it out. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing else I, I could tell you. This is the Champions League. Um, 
But I, I think a lot of the credit here needs to go to Galati um, and the way they, they played this game. They they were really good, and they, they really just – you could see they had nothing to lose. They were just balls to the wall. I think that's exactly the right take. That like Lube it looked like they were annoyed to be there. Galati was like, hell yeah, we're playing at home. We're, we're playing against one of the best teams in Champions League on paper. Like, we got nothing to lose. Like, let, let's – Let's go put on a show and see what happens. And Lube definitely came came out of the gates a little questionable. I mean, they started Jacopo Larizza in the middle, who, what do you have, one point? Yeah, one point in three sets. I don't really understand that decision at all. But I agree. I think the credit goes to Galazzi. They played awesome. This this Roland Gergi guy, 14 for 22, yeah. no errors, and six aces. Like, talk about a performance. Yeah pretty pretty gross and i mean like we're really starting to see rob like there's these 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 small instances where yes. we're romanian volleyball right now first they got some big wins euro volley then we see kitty goy really pop off for zax and i think we're going to start seeing that some more as he's starting to come back and now galati getting a win like it's just these like little like crumbs but i'm interested to see what happens with romanian volleyball over the next like, great couple point of years. yeah that, there's a lot of optimism if if you happen to be romanian and if you are make sure you join the volleyball source discord because we need some romanian representation in there yeah, I agree with you. I think this is all credit to Galazzi and uh, Lube. You're right. They didn't play bad. The statistics aren't really that. They're, they're not really that lopsided in any area, partially because uh, Lube won the fourth 25-16. Like, it wasn't even close. And when they did that, I was like, okay. L L okay, Lube turned it on. They flipped the switch. They're going to be fine in the fifth. And then all of a right. sudden, it was like 12-4. to four. It, it was it was wild. Like, out of nowhere. Like, it was... It it was honestly wild out of nowhere, and, it, and exactly as you said, Rob, like it was Lube domination in the fourth, and I was like, okay, they're gonna take care of this, yeah, like whatever. And then I was kind of doing some other things, and I literally had to go back and watch because it went from being like Lube leading, like I think it was four two Lube, to it being twelve four. Like, it was maybe, five to two. Oh, five two Galazzi. So they oh, five two Galazzi. Okay, never, yeah, I guess never they were in the that. driver's seat the whole time. But yeah, th that really seemed to come out of nowhere, just nowhere. So, uh, like big ups to them, and it just like Lube just they they just need someone to get them going. You know, like they just they just fall asleep. Like oh, Lube yesterday, yeah. like that was bad. Oh, Lube. Yes, that was oh. bad, Lube. Um, and we'll yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that we'll, later. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that later. Oh. But it was just they were they were asleep in this one. All right, which which pathetic team are we going to talk about next? Well, I think there's plenty. I, I think before we I move on, I want to say that Lube, because of the easy pull that they got on paper had the driver's seat or like the in, they were in the driver's seat they had the inside track to the number one overall seat because their pool was so easy and now they've completely thrown that away they're they're still very, they're still very likely to win their pool but they've uh they've really scrambled the way that those seeds are going to work and we're going to look at the bracket in a bit before we turn to uh next week but the i think the, the next team we got to talk about is the other team that also had a very easy pool and had an inside track to a very high seat and that's jsw JSW losing to a Spanish team? <laughs> and now uh, Guagras and our, our boy Graham Vigras, who we love, uh, was awesome this game. They, they came yeah. out of nowhere. They played phenomenal. They really kind of neutralized. Uh, I think the best thing they did was they neutralized Tomas Fornal. And I think this kind of exposed a little bit of a JSW weakness that they are very, very dependent on Tomas Fornal. I think we all kind of knew that. But this uh, this really taught us that like Fornal went four for twenty six with six errors. Now he served great, 
but uh, attacking wise, uh, this Guagas team is a bunch of older dudes. They've got two it's... older veteran middles and a bunch of veteran wings, and they are smart veteran volleyball players that played the matchup to perfection. You've got a, a bunch of guys who have gone to Olympics here. Like you have right. Nicolas Bruno, who's played for Argentina. Argentina, you have Graham Viagras. Like you have guys who have who have gone out there. And man, this setter did it a phenomenal job. All five of your hitters in double digits. That's that's incredible. Eleven team blocks, uh, led by Paula Zanka uh, with four. Zanka, he's he's another Argentinian guy, right? He's he's one of yeah, the he's he's, he's, he's like he's the, the, the outside. Oh, the outside. I thought he was yeah. There. Uh, he's he's yeah he is uh, he's opposite Nicolas Bruno so yeah, yeah, he's yeah a, right. four blocks for a wing is pretty sick yeah and yeah. Martin Ramos was an Argentinian Olympian like the, these are this this is a team that is well constructed to steal games in Champions League and now like with uh, Lundberg and Budiavetsia kind of crumbling and punching each other and uh, Guaguas has a chance to make it out of this pool and, they, they have a really good shot now like yeah. who are they playing I think they play Lundberg no Loom they've already beat Lundberg. Yeah, they beat Lundberg in, in Germany in the second leg. Uh, they play Budiavice, and uh, as long as Guaguas does not win, d- does not lose 3-0, then they're going to get second in this pool and make it out. And actually, if by some miracle Guaguas wins 3-0 and JSW loses 3-0 to Lundberg, then Guaguas is going to win the pool. This is, is this is this is a terrible job of management by by Lundberg. Like you start <laughs> off the the first half like really good. And then you just drop two bad games, like two three dongs to <clears throat> what I would say is inferior opponents. Like Lundberg is out there pushing Berlin to five in, in the Bundesliga. Like they 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 are out there and like I would be I'm gonna be very interested to hear from from some of their perspectives about, about, about what's happened throughout throughout this series. Hopefully Gage is, is candid about it because that's that's a massive opportunity lost there by by Lundberg. Exactly, like Lundberg uh, in in the same pool, they got three down by Budiovice on the road, and it wasn't really ever that competitive. And yeah, after like remember Lundberg beat beat Guagas three to one on the road, they beat Budiovice three zero at home, and then they took a set from JSW in like the first yeah. half of Champions League. So they exactly like you said, they put themselves in great position to take second. Then they they lose to Guagas at home. They get three dong by Budiavice on the road, and now they have to play JSW in in a basically impossible situation. Plus, they had both Berlin and Friedrichshafen on the ropes in Germany and blew it to both of them in five. So um, I assume statistically that uh, that their, their two main guys, Jan Buma and Eric Roers, have dropped off a little bit because that that was kind of carrying them through the first half of the season, but. I'm I'm bummed for all of our North American friends that are playing on that team. Yeah, Boma Boma hasn't been playing. Um, it's been but Xander. Xander Xander's been pretty good. Yeah, in the, the last match, he was 15 for 23, 65 percent, um, four errors overall between blocks and and unforced two and two, but still um, not that bad. And and he got a block. He was their their best scorer. But Eric Roars, he was really bad. Five for five for 16, uh, only hit 31 percent. Um, yeah, it's so just, just, just really struggling there. It's, it's interesting yeah. because like they're, they're passing really well, but they served like dog shit. Like the passing numbers, 80% positive for, for, um, 
uh, Cheske in this one. 80, 80% positive. 40. 80% positive is insane. Like you just, it's insane. Yeah. It's insane. You have to serve better than that. It's unacceptable. Yeah, 43% perfect. Like Cheske was like in system half the game. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm looking, I'm looking back at the, the Guaguas versus JSW stats again. And like, other than Fornal being really bad on offense, uh, Jean Patry also zero percent efficiency, and Ryan Slater came off the bench and played great, but it wasn't enough. And then Norbert Huber, who's uh, played at an MVP level in the Plus Liga, which has certainly been a conversation topic in the volleyball source universe. Um, He's get got, it. He's good. We get it. Good. We know, yeah, guys. relax. But he, he got like kind of neutralized too by these two vets uh ramos and and graham vigras who is a legend yeah so come on like no huber huber and this this is it's once again like huber is fantastically physical oh yeah like he's big he jumps hard he swings hard but he's not like he just to me like it's it's up here. He doesn't read the game and like live the game like some like once again those three those three big guys that we've been talking about recent recently and a guy like Graham Vigrass, who I know Rob you you love Vigrass. I do. I've always loved Graham. He's the best. So big smooth. Uh, big smooth. That's right. I've, I've always uh, fantasized about Graham Vigrass and Steve Marshall as a beach duo. I've always thought that would be pretty sweet. You and you and so many other people. You and <laughs> so many other, so many other people. I remember having those conversations seriously back in like 2014. I remember back at the OG Volleyball Source podcast. Pierre Rock would bring that up. He was also he's also the guy who told me that they that uh, Graham Vigrass is the purest volleyball player he's ever been real seen good. Play. Uh, All right, we, another another match that we really got to talk about is so is, is Rostovia getting three donged by Tours again. Remember that they've already gotten three donged by Tours in this tournament, and now like what's what are they like two and three? Like Rostovia is basically dead in Champions League. They have to beat Trentino this week and get help. Otherwise, they're not making it out of this pool, and that is insane. To lose, yeah, they're two and three with six points. Completely unacceptable. Get three donged. Uh, this this time was on the road. They looked terrible. They looked so bad the whole game. Really bad. Really, really bad. Yeah. Um. Rosovia, much more than Lundberg, has just thrown away this Champions League. Ugh. Like much, wait, much, much more. Um. And this is a good Rosovia team. Like I rate them. And that uh, I'm I'm almost not surprised though because it is that third Polish team curse, and we've seen it now for a number of years. Like since Poland has had three teams in three teams in this tournament, that third team has always been hot garbage. Always (laughs) been like Zavierci bad last year, Warsawa bad the year before. Yeah, Warsawa was really bad, but Zavierci last year was not even close to this bad. This is bad, dude. Like Fabian Jizga. Thank you for setting this team to such a collapse so I don't have to watch you in Champions League anymore. I'm so sick of this guy. So sick of him. Just can't watch him anymore. You you get benched for Wukash Kozub, who you picked up from a relegation team midway through the year in Katowice, and he's coming off the bench to set for you, the captain of the team, in a Champions League game? Look at yourself in the mirror and figure it out. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to do that. No! Let's, let's, be, let's, let's be honest. Goodness. He's he's got too many people in his corner back in Poland that uh, 
that you know he's he's yeah he is never going to figure it out and now rosovia d- didn't have kuba kukanovsky he's like broke his thumb or something he's got got a hand injury but mm-hmm. carol course was bad three for 11 with two errors only one block tj defalco got benched he and he didn't even start the following game like i think they brought him back from whatever injury he had a little too quickly what clearly isn't himself pavel zatorski had a horrible game nine percent perfect passing and aced four times like this is a meltdown against the French team. Against the French team. What are we doing? I'm like, you have Boyer and Luati playing in France. Yeah. I don't, don't really know what to say about Rosovia, except the Rosovia curse has happened earlier this year, right? It's My goodness. Rosovia, it's that third Polish team. Just, yeah. Honestly, Trentino is like the one team that has gotten through this tournament without any blemishes. Yep. Yeah, Trentino yeah. seems to be the one team impervious to all this nonsense. Uh, so we don't need to talk about them beating Ljubljana. We don't really need to talk about Berlin winning. I thought that was pretty convincing. I, Certainly not going to talk about Prague versus Mosaic, but we do have to talk about Zaxa. Yes, Zaxa, and also Hot Bank versus Piacenza. Yes, like that was we'll that, that was the one game that was, I was expecting to go hard, to go far, to to be a to be a good game. Like the fact that ZB versus Rosalaire went went to five was was pretty astonishing. Um, but the way that Hulk Bank didn't show up in the game against Piacenza to me was yeah, that outrageous. was bad. That was bad. I'm pulling up the stats. Uh, like Piacenza looked like about the best version of themselves at home. I thought they played a very good yeah. game. But yeah, Hulk Bank just nowhere to be found. Irvin Ingepath, 5 for 18 with 8 errors. Namir, 13 for 28 with 7 errors. Just like not even close to good enough. Mike Ma'a did not have a very good game. Um, reception was not very good. Aced 7 times. Like they just did not really get off the bus. And they, I, I, they, Hulk Bank still probably will make it out of the pool. They'll either get second or they'll be that top ranked third place team. Oh, we lost Everett. Okay, hopefully we get him back in a minute. But yeah, uh, Hulk Bank, like a, a couple of these teams this year that have built. Hey, Everett, welcome back. My bad. <laughs> a couple of these teams I was saying that have, like, from maybe not necessarily like perennial year in, year out, like Champions League powerhouses, like a Hulk Bank or like Rosovia or like some of these teams that had really big off seasons, like constructing teams kind of with Champions League in mind, like Hulk Bank clearly did because of their foreigner situation. Not as good, and, and same with the Club World Championship. Like, Hogbank has not had as good of a year outside of Turkey as we have expected. Yeah. Inside of Turkey, they've been fantastic, right? right. Like they, they've been the, the, be, the best team in the, in the league. But outside, they, they have really been struggling. I do like, but when you look at this roster overall, there's, there's not that many big changes, Right, like you're gonna swap out like Bruno from last year, like because Nicholas Bruno was was on Hot Bank last year. We just talked about when with 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 Quagwes. You're gonna swatch him out for like Gord Perrin and and Merza Mirza Like they didn't, those they, didn't be... they didn't have Ingepeth and, and, last year, and and Ingepeth, yeah. But like that's that's an upgrade, right? right? But you still have like you still have all the same Turkish guys. You still have Maa. You still have you still you still have Namir, right? It's to me, it's not like as much like a wholesale. Like we're just we're trying to upgrade. Like they still were like they had their pieces and they built onto it. Um, yeah, but it's 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 still astonishing from Hall Bank that they were going to be this bad against Piacenza, because like Piacenza isn't even full Piacenza right now. I do think Francesco Ricciene has been fantastic this season in in so many of his ways, or as uh, this 
or or as the CEV put it, Francesco Ricina, because oh no, <laughs> yeah, they've made Come a graphic <laughs> and it says Francesco Ricina on it. Oh no, figure it out. Yeah, Ricina not good at all. One for seven, five errors. He was terrible, and they had to bring in Robert Andringa off the bench, who plays libero on the national team, and he was great. Yeah. 86% positive passing and hit three for five with a block. Like, that's sick. So uh, that, that was kind of cool to see. But this was a good Yuri Romano game, a relatively good Yuri Romano game. He had four aces. A great Robert Landy Simone game, five kills, yeah. four blocks, two aces. Um, and Hawkbank just didn't really get off the bus. So good for Piacenza. They, they, they win at home. And now um, Piacenza versus Berlin this week is almost definitely going to decide the group, which is awesome. That's going to be very fun. Yeah, and I mean, like, are we getting to the point in in this episode now, or do we want to talk about Olympiacos versus Axa before we Gotta start talk talking about that? Before we start, because like this isn't a bigger conversation right now with Zaxa. They're on a four game skid. That's two. Like they lost to to Olympiacos three nothing last week. They got three donged by Scraw yesterday. They're bad. now outside of the playoff picture in the uh, Plus Liga and holding on for dear life in the Champions League. Yeah, getting three donged on the road by a Greek team. Uh, man, this this is yeah part of a much bigger conversation about Zaxa. Now, we, we don't talk about off-season transfers on this show in the middle of the season, but with all of this, like with, with as bad as Zaxa has looked and as injury-destroyed as they have been, and with how poorly it looks like they've responded to all of this adversity, it, it honestly could be kind of the end of the Zaxa dynasty this year. And it's but, so it's so sad to say that, that, that the only team that's been able to get in their own way has been themselves and the, the own circumstances that, that have hurt them with injuries. But even the, the players the players that have been playing have, have, not, have not played well enough. There's, look, that's, the, that's it. For this match, they were just missing Slivka. They had Janusz for all and sets. Smith. They had Kasparak. They Smith, had, they Smith had is Smith. a big loss. Smith, too. But still, like, you should be able to beat Olympiacos with tra- Tragica setting with Bednors and Kazmarek and Janus and Eric Shoji, right? Kitigoy helped them win the Polish Cup. He's not good enough to help them beat Olympiacos? No, like, he, went, he went 0 for 11 with five errors and aced five times. He was an absolute liability out there. Oh, wow. Horrible. Like, that, 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 that's what I'm saying, though, Rob, is that we are getting to the point now where enough of their players are back and we're seeing other teams who have similar injuries. And I know Zaxa maybe just doesn't have the depth of like a Rosovia or a JW, but like we really start to need questioning. Like at what point is it just the injuries? And at what point is this like a write-off season for Zaxa? Because there's no off, there's no mid-season transfer, like bringing a bed, bed like they were able to do last year. Right. So at what point, like they need to figure it out internally and it seems like, like, I'm sorry, you have a number, like, how many of these guys play for the best national team in the world? Start for the best national team in the world. How, how many, many of these guys, guys have won Champions Leagues? How many of these guys, you know, ha- have been at the pinnacle of the sport? There's too many, like, uh, too good guys, like, guys who are too good on this court to be getting three donked by Olympiacos at this point. By Dragon Travica. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, like, we, we can't continue to just blame the injuries anymore. Something is going on uh, with that team right now. 
I agree. Also, tremendous shout out to friend of the show, Salvador Hidalgo Oliva. He was unbelievable. 12 for 22 with five aces and two blocks. So shout outs to him. I love that guy. He's a, he's a fan. He's, he's a great dude. I'm sad for Zaxa. I like Zaxa. We've had an incredible time watching them redefine what success means in club volleyball the last three years. We obviously love Eric Shoji. He's a friend of the show. This is just tough to watch, man. It's tough to watch them play right now. They they look like they're having a miserable time. They they are they they clearly are visibly struggling with with all the issues that they're having. Uh, they're they seem to have finally been mentally broken, and it wasn't at the hands of any other team. It was just at the hands of injuries and and themselves and in a demanding schedule. And it sucks, but like at this point. I don't really see a path to recovery here. Even if they make it out of this pool in Champions League, I don't see any way that this team can make another run. Uh, it's sad, but I don't see it. I, I will push back a little bit on that because this team is still this team. These players are still these players, right? These players are still going to be going to the respective national teams, like on, on the most part this summer, and we're expect them to, like, like half of this team, to be honest, expected to win a gold medal at the Olympics this summer between Poland and the USA, right? Like that's, that's basically what it is. So I know that this team on paper, if they can turn things around, they can get it going, right? This is essentially the same team that won the Champions League last year, right? To it's me, the exact same a, team. It's the exact same team. To me, this is a team that it, it it was a tough start to the season, and it was just they were stumbling and stumbling and stumbling, and they just need to stop that tumble and stop that that fall, get them righted. Because even if they enter, like even if they just squeak into the Champions League playoffs, which we've seen them do in the past, we know that they can make that run because it's, these are the exact same players that have done it before. Even if they slip into the playoffs in the Plus Liga in eighth place i'm never i am not writing this team out not with these players so what does this team look like if they have like like to me losing to scraw because scraw is not a team to like that's sad and in the first place that scraw is not a team that anyone pays attention to anymore because they're one of the legendary teams in volleyball but losing to scraw like they need to like there this is uh a leadership moment for someone on this team to step up players only meeting so let's stop this slide let's stop this shit and let's turn this boat around because they have the rowers to get back into the race but they need here's to like the, here's yeah. the problem what, oh, oh. they they don't have them yet they are they exactly like peter's saying in the chat alexander schliefka is out he is the most important player on that team i don't think it's debatable he's the most yeah, no important doubt. player on that team and the more we watch Soxa, the more the absence of David Smith is felt. They are terrible in the middle without him. Tuan Wiltenberg does not belong on a Champions League caliber roster. He he looks invisible out there. Dmitro Pashitsky looks old and slow and useless. The, David Smith is way more important to that team than we even thought. And I think that's we're feeling How that much? now because of his absence. But not having Schliefka... Uh, is is a just colossal loss, and it doesn't look like he will be back in time for the Champions League playoffs. So even if they even if they get out, I don't they can't win a Champions League playoff series without Schliefka. I don't think there's well, any Peter, way. Peter's saying he wouldn't be back before the playoffs, so like, right, he wouldn't be back in time for the playoffs. No, before the playoffs. Oh yeah, I guess. 
Like the, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see. I still I still have a little bit of faith, but like it is like the emergency button needs to be pressed. Yes. Like the do not like the do not break glass needs to be broken. Like <laughs> it like it doesn't matter what happens. Like all stops need to be need to be done. Um, maybe Samuel Vuo needs to like stop the that Zaxa bus somewhere in Poland and just need to do some laps in a frozen field. I don't know what needs to happen, but um, it it it's it's been it's been really bad for for Zaxa of late yeah, and I, they tough. they are precariously perched if if yes. you want to say in group a right now so we'll talk about that in just a second the one the last match i want to talk about before we move on is zirat bank versus rusolari because sure. if mac rusolari had won this fifth set oh and they oh. almost did yeah. they almost did then i think that may have actually eliminated zaxa mathematically if 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 Zirot Bank hadn't come back and somehow won this game, including some officiating and challenge drama late in that fifth set that went eighteen sixteen, if Zirot Bank hadn't come back and won this game, I think Zaxa might be dead. Like, and I'm not saying that in my opinion. I think that the standings, the math, might have eliminated them if Rusolare had won this game. And this this was as tight as you could ask for. Again, Rusolare being greater than the sum of its parts. But Matt Anderson, no, it, twenty-eight it, points. Thir- 23 for 32 with one error like 68 or something percent efficiency four four blocks including the match winner and an ace like this man is ageless and i love him so much what a performance that is yeah that was it was gross watching my anderson in this one um it's crazy how good he has been for zero bank turkey really agrees with him like playing yeah. there like like he has been phenomenal and i won't lie rob i know that we didn't really get to see him much last year because he was in russia last year yeah he was in russia last year he was at zsp last year and then watching him on the national team this summer he wasn't the the matt anderson that we've come to know and love and like he's getting a little bit older he's a little bit over over the hill now but you've got the rest of the guys in that usa roster that can just really like really ride that ride drive that bus and we know that's like a, a fully team bus but he has looked rejuvenated yeah. this year for 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 zb also just just for the record had rosalaire won that match it would have been a straight tie for right now for second with all Olympiacos, Zaxa, and Rosalaire all be tied at two and three with six points. Mm. Okay, man, that, which would have been spicy, spicy to go into the 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 final week. I mean, even even as it is, Rob, with 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 this pool, like it's it's a complete toss up. Can we it, can we talk is. about yep. can we talk about what what's what's to come Let's now? Like so like, a, a reminder, this is important. This is the Champions League bracket. This is how it works. This is the second year of this format. 11 teams make it out. If you win your pool, you get a bye straight to the quarterfinals. So there's five teams that get buys directly to the quarterfinals. Then all five second place teams make it out and the one top-ranked third-place team among all five teams that get third place, the top one makes it out as well. And those six teams will play sort of that play-in round like Doxa had to last year. This uh, goes for both the men and the women. I know it says men's on screen. But men and the women, same bracket format. So winning your pool is, women, winning your pool is very important because you get to play one last game. 
but also once you finish a certain place in your pool, then you're compared with all the other teams that finished that same place in your pool as far as bracket seeding goes. So that's kind of how that works. Yeah. Real quick, just one thing, last thing about Zoxa. How much do you think that they're regretting not signing Taylor Averill this summer? Like they, <laughs> like, they, like they said they were going to. <laughs> Boy, that would have helped, wouldn't it? Right. Wouldn't Imagine have having Taylor, Taylor Averill on Zoxa right now. Like, like someone to lighten the mood a little bit. I feel like that's exactly what they would need. It is exactly, exactly, what they need. exactly what they would need. All right. So here are the uh, pools. Uh, pool A, Zerot Bank is going to win this pool. They're 5-0. and uh, So here, I'll show you the pool, and we'll talk about who plays who this week. Zerot Bank plays Olympiacos. Zaxa plays Nakru Solari. Okay? Zerot's going to win the pool, right? They, the only thing they have to play for is seeding. But yeah, they could they can get first. They 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 could maybe get first overall. They would need they would need Trentino to lose to Rosovia, but they could sure, maybe sure. get first overall. Uh, so that Zaxa versus Nakru Solari game is going to be enormous. Zaxa must win that game to have a chance. Mm-hmm. They they must win that game to have a chance to pass Olympiacos and take second. Olympiacos has to hope that Zirat takes their foot off the gas a little bit against them. And then Nakru Solare can still make it out. They need a win, and they need Olympiacos to get zero points. And I think they actually would make it out at that point. So there, there's a lot of possibilities in Group A. Yeah, for sure. Or if Olympiacos won in five, and Rosalara won like like a three dong, then then, they, the, then it would go down to like point or set ratio tiebreaker or something. No, like it'd that. Still be, it would still be it would still be wins. Rosalera Olympiacos Olympiacos would have to lose and Rosalera would have to win because they would yeah. it would need to be wins. It would yeah. Be, it goes it, ma- it, matches one first, then points, then set ratio. What so do we think about the th- the third place race? I don't think that there's like I think when looking at it, third place is already wrapped up for Pool C. But well, uh, I agree. Actually, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that, but. Uh, it, Almost definitely the the third place team that does make it out will come from Pool C. And I think that's good because Pool C has three playoff caliber teams in it. Yeah. Benfica must be kicking them, not kicking themselves, but be so upset when they're looking at all these average teams just getting these wins all over the place. Like Yeah, it's a bummer. (laughs) Like Hawk Hawk Bank is gonna play Benfica this week and like there's a great chance Hawk Bank wins that game. We'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah, to Tough break for Benfica, but all these third place teams are, are trying to chase down a team that's probably going to have four wins. And like almost, there's almost no way that a, a third place team in any other pool gets four wins. So I think that, no. that that's going to belong to whoever comes third in pool C. So do you have anything else about pool A? No, I'm. I really want to bet on Zoxa. Like I really do, but I, ha- I don't. I, uh... I just don't have a good feeling about it. I Remember, really they don't. they barely beat Rusolari last time they played him. Yeah, I know. So, we'll, so we'll that, see. One, that that one's very spicy. A uh, pool B yeah. is not particularly spicy. Trentino is going to win the group, and they have. Uh, it's very likely that they get the number one seed overall. Trentino plays Rusovia this week. Tours plays Ljubljana. Uh, Tours will k- take second in the group with a win. The only way that Rosovia can catch them is if Rosovia wins with three points and Tours gets zero. And uh, Tours dropping all their points to Ljubljana and Rosovia taking three from Trentino is extremely unlikely. 
I could see tools losing all their their point, dropping three to Ljubljana. Like that is in the realm of possibility. But with the way Trentino's been playing as of late, I mean, the way that they bounced back yesterday ever against Verona, like lost that first and slaughtered them oh. in the second. Like in, Trentino is Trentino's the best team in volleyball right now. I was just I, about to say I, that. I, I have no problem saying that. Yep. They are the best team in volleyball. They are playing the most together and. Yeah, they're hands down the best team involved. There's, there's no doubt Trentino's about it. floor is so high. So high. they have the, so high. they never lay eggs. They never like which is which is so crazy because you lost your coach. Right. You gave you gave up your coach and your highest score from last season, and you're even better. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. And Micheletto is, is just the guy. Yeah. So the, the the only hope that Rosovia has is if Trentino, for some reason, chooses to play the bench in this game. And like maybe they maybe they choose to do that because they've got first place locked up. I doubt it. Yeah. So that, that in my opinion, that's the only way that drama comes into this pool is if Trentino like takes their foot off the gas against, against, against Rosovia. But still, that will require tours to get upset by a Slovenian team. And yeah, I don't know if I see it. As Peter says, Rosovia beating Trentino is sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> science zoom. fiction. All right, moving on to Pool C. Like we already talked about, uh, it's likely that three teams are going to come out of this pool. Berlin plays Piacenza this week. That's basically a match to decide the group winner. Although, uh, if Piacenza takes two sets, they're going to win the group. So Berlin needs three points. Berlin needs to win 3-0 or 3-1, and they will win the group. Uh, but Hawkbank plays Benfica, and they're going to be heavily favored to win that game. And uh, if they win in by by any amount, then they will advance either as the third place team or in second. And uh, I think Berlin, yeah. So Berlin is in, even if they get three dong by Piacenza, uh, and they go three and three with ten points. I don't, I don't think they can be caught in the third place race. No, I don't think, I don't think so either. Even just looking at, yeah. Yeah, they have 10 no. points, and no, nobody else in, in third right now can get to 10 points. Yeah, everyone else has six at the closest. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Berlin versus Piacenza will be a very important game, though, because it'll decide a bye. It'll decide a team that has to play two less matches in the playoffs. So that's big. Who's hosting that one? Ooh, I don't know. Let's see. How quickly can I look this up? Uh, Piacenza hosted last week. I, I don't remember where they played. Man, I think Berlin played in Piacenza last time they two play, those two played. I wouldn't be surprised if this is in Germany. And that would be really fun. Piacenza having to go into the, going into the Max Schmeling Hall? It is in Germany. Awesome. It is in awesome. Germany. Oh, yeah. that That is going to be must-watch. Must-watch yeah. for sure. By the way, all of these games this week, every single one of these 12 games or 10 games is on Wednesday. So big game. Oh, that's... Like, that's just big day. Uh, group D, Yashemsky's almost definitely going to win this pool. It's insane that there's even a question about that. If, uh, <laughs> so JSW plays Lundberg this week. Guaguas plays Budiovice. If JSW loses 3-0 and Guaguas wins 3-0, then I think it would come down to, like, point ratio. I think they would be tied in sets at that point. But what's what's likely is that JSW is going to take at least a set, and they're going to win the pool. And uh, unless Guaguas loses three zero, and Lundberg beats Yashemsky three zero, then Guaguas will take second. I think that the most likely thing here by far is how the standings look on the screen right now. 
When's the last team uh, time a Spanish team made the playoffs in the Champions League, Rob? Oh man, do you know the answer, or are you asking? <laughs> no, I'm asking. I, have I don't know. I, I don't even know the last team. Last time a Spanish team has been in the Champions League. Yeah, that's a, a fantastic question. This yeah, this would be remarkable for a Spanish team hosting a Champions League playoff game on the Canary Islands. How cool is that? <laughs> that that is pretty awesome. That's awesome. So well, honestly, I still think that this is the biggest like. Lundberg must be depressed about this. Such a bummer. Su- such, such such a missed a opportunity. Yeah, it's 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 too bad. Um, uh, but the last, fact, but... the fact that Quaguas is in there is is still just incredible. It's awesome, like, and they're 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 fun. They're they're not they're no pushover. Again, they're they're like no. a pretty high floor team. Uh, yeah, older. I think it's it's a really it's a really bad look for Czech volleyball that Do- Budejovice is is not there it's like yeah. no wins or one win yeah um a little tough for booty and prague because actually the the czech league is good this year but it's not really so much of those two teams like carlo varsco is good yeah. uh Klodno is good like they're, they're, they're yeah. there's good teams in that league this year uh last but not least group e lube is going to win the pool uh even even despite uh blowing it to galazzi last week but then there's actually a lot of drama for that last spot uh, Prague, Mosaic, and Galazzi all all have a chance. Uh, Lube plays Mosaic, so you, you would you would have to assume that Lube will uh, will right the ship and beat a Belgian team, but I guess you can't really assume anything anymore. But uh, Prague versus Galazzi is a big game now because uh, there's those three teams are all tied at two and three, but Prague has seven points, Mosaic has six, and Galazzi has four. So Galazzi needs a three point win. And uh, Prague, with with a win of of any value, will take second. Okay, Prague. Uh, we've got our my boy. Uh, why am I Finn? Yeah, Finn McCarthy's on that team, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like he's one of the best servers in Champions League this year. From as a middle, cool. Yeah, he's the second server in the Champions League with fourteen aces this year. Isn't Pablo Crer on that team as well? Argentinian Pablo Carrera, Pablo Carrera is on that team uh, as, as well. So they've so, they've got a great chance to play a Champions League playoff series. Yeah, looks like it. I mean, they're going to be playing Galati. Is it at home or I do not know. Let's see. I don't know either. Uh, Prague versus Galati is in Prague. In Prague, in, in the Czech Republic. So nice. So yeah, sh- shout out to Finn McCarthy. Also, Casey Shouten's on that team who's just been killing it, putting up numbers. Another Canadian? Yeah, another Canadian. Awesome. He- so yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else about Men's Champions League? That that was a lot, but it's a, it's a big week. Yeah, it's a big week. It's too bad that we had to like do all of the the shows and in, in like bring it all down to this today. But that's that's just how it is right now. Um, a lot going down in Men's Champions League this week. Check that out on Wednesday. Uh, the Discord will be live, so make sure you join the Discord for that. If you're looking Great for time. links, we'll have you over there. Uh, yeah, check it out on Wednesday. It's going to be a good time. Similarly, Women's Champions League is in the exact same situation. They had Week 5 last week. They have Week 6 tomorrow. All 10 Week 6 women's games are tomorrow. We've talked about Women's Champions League in kind of the same perspective that there are really only two fun weeks of regular season play because 
the when the, the, the actually good teams play each other. And this is one of them. And this is one of them, yeah. <laughs> but there were a couple notable results in week five. And they're the kind of the group C second place in group C and then basically uh, and second place in group D and all of group E. That's kind of where the drama is as far as advancement goes because groups A and B have such like clearly two superior teams and then group C is Fenerbahce and group D is Corneliano who are, are just better than everyone else in their pools but uh yeah. Potsdam beating Budovani Woods was important Stuttgart beating Rosovia and Rzezov excuse me in 5 was important Promete, a Ukrainian team, beating Le Canet in four was a that big one's, deal. That one's even more fun when you realize that uh, Le Canet is just filled with Russians. Right. It's just, it's just filled with Russians. So you know that there was a lot of like Ukrainian pride, Promete going out there and just crushing the Russians. I actually watched a, a little bit of that, that one, and that, and that was a good game. That, that was a fun one. Cool. Good uh, Good for them. And then uh, LKS Woj beating Alba Blage to kind of set themselves up as the first place team in Group E. Those are really the only notable results that I that I personally saw from, from Week 5 because everything else was, was a beatdown. But uh, yeah. here are the situations going into Week 6. We get Vakif Bank versus Malonza again in Group A. That's awesome. Let's go. Remember how badly Malonza clapped them last time? Yeah, that was an epic three donging. <laughs> I'm 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 really expecting Vakif Bank to show up again. Like they they so. need a bounce back. Like emotionally, they need to come back and and show something. I hope so. So uh, Malonza will win this group with any result except a three zero loss. Mm. So if 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 Malonza takes a set, then then they win the group. But uh, I think there's a lot more on the line than that because uh, it, it's going to be in Italy, if if I remember right. I'm pretty sure it was in Turkey last time they played. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously it's uh, the Paola Egonu and Jordan Thompson swap, uh, like the Nika Dalderop and, and Karabayam are on Malonza now. They played on Vakif Bank last year. Uh, Vakif Bank has, has struggled through this Champions League a little bit. Yeah, this game is in Italy. There's a, a lot to play for on the Vakif Bank side. I think they're going to be the more motivated team. I would be surprised if they don't put up a better fight than last time, or, although that's they a very low bar. That la- last game to. they played was they rough. Was, was, was terrible. And I mean, doing it at home in front of your fans against the, the, the player, like we, we talked about it last time. There's just so many storylines there. So yeah. you know that the Turkish fans, they if, if that one is on the stream for YouTube, you know that the Turkish fans are going to be nuts. (laughs) Turkish fans in YouTube live chats are, are something else. Uh, So that'll be a good one, but both of those teams will advance no matter what out of group a, which is not surprising. Uh, Same situation with group B. You got Scandici and Adzajabasha. They play this week. Uh, Remember that the last time they played Scandici one and four, and it was a really fun game. Uh, Scandici will win this group with any result except a 3-0 loss. So same situation. Scandici needs to win one set and they advance. Uh, but a lot on the line kind of for Zajabasha as well. Same situation. Where is this game? Let me look. It is in Istanbul. So uh, it, if Zajabasha were to win this game 3-0, hypothetically... Um, I think it would actually come down to point ratio to decide who wins the group. So that that, that could be really interesting. Just so everyone's aware, um, tomorrow's free match on YouTube is uh, Vakif Bank versus Malonza. Oh, awesome. Wednesday's free match on YouTube is Berlin versus Piacenza. 
Nice. Okay. Two good choices. Yeah. Two good choices. Uh, actually, I was I was incorrect about that. If if, if Zajabasha wins three zero, they win the group. They they would they would win it by one yeah. on set ratio. Yeah. But uh, if Zajabasha wins three to one, that's not good enough. Uh, Skandici would still win the group if if they take a set. I'm I'm really excited for the game. I really like watching Skandici in European play. Me Having too. Zhu Ting beside beside her bots is is great and like. That game that they won against Zajabasha in the first uh, first half is was one of I think it was Scandici's best game of the season. It definitely was, and it was one of my favorite games on the women's side that I've watched this year. The the backcourt defense that Scandici played was was ridiculous, and uh, and yeah, the, the, that's a team that when they have freedom with the, with no foreigner limit, they really can reach their peaks. So I, I'm excited to see that matchup again. That's going to be fun. All, all that is obviously on Tuesday. That's tomorrow. Um, move on to Group C. Ready for that? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, these first two groups are pretty chalky because we already know the two teams that are going to make it out. Um, group C is Fenerbahce's group. They are the only team in the tournament to not drop a set. And Anna wow. Christina is back. She looks awesome. We are starting to get the full complement of Fenerbahce at their strongest with uh, Stisiak, Fedorovtseva, and Anna Christina as the wings. And they play, I think they play like Asterix Avo this week. No, they play Budavani Woods. So that, that's like going to be a competitive game. I'm thinking of, uh, of Pool D. But uh, Fenerbahce has a lot to play for because they have control of the number one overall seed. Yeah, for sure. And you want you want to be able to keep that. Absolutely. For sure. I don't really see them getting pushed by uh, Woods. It's, it's, it's too bad. And Potsdam. I think that they're set up perfectly. If they can just get that win over uh, Kamnik, then they're good to go. Yep. Yeah, Potsdam is uh, will take second if they beat a Slovenian team, a Kalsit Kamnik, which I certainly expect them to do. So, yeah, Budovani Woods needs a miracle win against Fenerbahce, and I think they need help in, in order to have a chance, which is probably not going to happen. No, I, I would agree. Um. Uh, Corneliano will win Group D. That's not surprising. No. How many set losses do they have? Two. Yeah, uh, they're they're fifteen and two in sets, which is really impressive. They play Zhezhov, which is actually going to be a pretty good yeah. match because there's still a lot of uh, there's a lot of situations with with Zhezhov and Stuttgart in the chase for second place in this pool because Stuttgart gets to play. I think Osterixavo is either Belgian or Dutch. I can't remember. Belgian. Which. They're Belgian. Okay, so the situations are that Stuttgart needs a three-point win, and they need a Zhezhov zero-point loss. But it's going to come down to sets. Uh, yeah, if Stuttgart if Stuttgart wins three-zero, and uh, anything happens to Zhezhov, like if they if they take zero points, then Stuttgart actually jumps them. But if Stuttgart wins three to one and Zhezhov loses three to one, then it comes down to point ratio. Yeah. And uh, this might be the most likely situation in all of Champions League men's or women's where we might get a point ratio tiebreaker, and that's insane. It's always crazy when that happens. Love it. I mean, Stuttgart is a team that traditionally has gone because that's Crystal Rivers, right? I think she's still there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's she's been there for a while. So, and they've 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 gone on some good runs. I'd like I'd like to see them do it, but at the same time, I do like that Jezhov team, and I would like to see them get a win. It seems like they've been struggling through the Champions Leagues of, of late. Right. So uh, that, that's that's the situation for second in that pool. And then by far the spiciest pool is yeah. Pool E. 
where literally anything is possible. All four teams are alive. Uh, I think that LKS Woods is the only team that has clinched a spot. So they're three and two with nine points. Lucanay is three and two with seven points. Abubwaj is two and three with eight points, which is interesting that they have more points than a team with one more win than them. And then Promete is two and three with six points. So uh, LKS Woods plays Lucanay this week, and the winner wins the group. So that we know for sure. The winner of that one will get four wins. They'll win the group. And then Albablaj plays Promete. If Promete loses, they're out. Yes. But if either one wins, like if Promete wins, Albablaj actually still has a chance, especially as the third place team. And then uh, Lucane, if they lose, they still have a chance to take second, maybe even third. There was so There's so much going on in this pool that I couldn't even do all the math with all the scenarios. It's pretty wild. I mean, literally, yeah, literally anything could happen. Yeah. Lodz, like Vodz, L- LKS, they're safe because of the third place, right? Right. That's, right. That's, 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 that's what we're assuming. Stuttgart and the other Vodz um, can only be tied with them. Yeah. If, if LKS Vodz gets three donked, <clears throat> they would still have, they would be three and three. They would be 12 and 11 in sets with nine points. And I think that no matter what will get them in, even if that drops them down to third. Yeah. Is the only way the the V could be tied with Stuttgart and would have to go down to a two point uh, differential. That's the only way. Like they would have to get three dong. And Stuttgart would have to get a three dong. Right. Would have to get a three zero win over a Belgian team, which is possible. Oh yeah, it's true. So, so that's maybe it comes down to point ratio there too. Uh, might 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 have to come down to point ratio there too. Crazy. This is a crazy crazy group. I, I like it. This is very fun. But but that's only if Blage wins three nothing as well. Right, right. Good point. Right, and, and only, to, like, yeah, and to surpass Woods for second in the pool if they lose. Yeah, yeah. Man, this is a crazy one. Like, it's it's hard to even talk about all the scenarios. Just gotta watch those two matches because there will be a lot on the line for all four of those teams. So that's uh, those are two games I'm really looking forward to. All right, yeah. And uh, for the third place teams. It'll come out of either Group E or probably Group D, I guess, because mm-hmm. uh, there's a, there's a chance that Stuttgart can jump over Zhezhov, but then Zhezhov would be in pretty good shape to be the third place team that makes it out because they've already got three wins and nine points. Yeah, but Lani, but Budualani Woj has to play uh, for Fenerbahce. Yeah, they're they're. They're, they're probably out. Yeah. The, the other two teams are, are already out. So it's, I mean, it's probably going to be Pool E, let's be honest. And that's what it generally is. But yeah. Right. So those are the situations. Uh, all, all the Women's Champions League is all tomorrow, all 10 games. Uh, a couple really good top end games, a couple like really fun sort of middle of the pack games that will decide playoff spots. Uh, reminder of how the bracket works. We already talked about it. It's exactly the same for the women. If you win your pool, you get a buy. If you take second, you advance. And if you're the best third-place team, you advance as well. Love it. I'm going to be spending uh, all day watching tomorrow. Oh, yeah. One more piece of CEV before we're finally done with it. It's the CEV Cup, the men's CEV Cup. We would never normally talk about a men's CEV Cup eighth final series, except that it's Xavierce versus Milano, which are two very good teams. And uh, the first leg of this one was in Poland uh, on 
think like last Wednesday-ish, Tuesday or Wednesday last week, and Xavier Che destroyed Milano at home. They demolished them. 3-0, 25, 23, 19, 19. Carl Butrin, 27 points in three sets. Absolutely lights out. One of the best. Three for 34. Incredible. One of the best individual <laughs> performances shit. anywhere, any league this season. Ridiculous. Very, very. Wow. I, I did see this result, but I didn't watch the game, Rob, and that I did not see these numbers from Butrin. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous, spectacular! Uh, oh, that is a rare bad Augustine Lozier game. Yeah, Lozier not seven. good. Two for seven. Did have a block and two aces, but he wasn't so good. Uh, yeah, Mateusz Biniak seven for thirteen, a block and an ace. Uh, Miguel Tavares is low key one of the best serving setters in the world. He had four aces and is just a big part of that pretty gnarly Xavier Chase serving rotation. Like this, this is this kind of validates my my opinion on being so high on Xavier. The team is good; they are really good. They have one of the best home crowds in all of volleyball, and they uh, yeah, they took it to Milano this game. But they they play again in Italy on Thursday, and I really hope that that game is broadcasted because it wasn't broadcasted on. Well, I think it was on Eurovolley TV, but it was only because Polsat did the broadcast in Poland. I'm not sure that the game in Italy is going to have the same treatment. I hope it does. Yeah, I hope it does too. I'm worried it won't. Yeah, it really comes down to the club and what the, what they're willing to do. So hopefully Milano will be willing to do more than like Modena was last year. Yeah, that's exactly what I think about is Modena last year wasn't able to produce a broadcast for a CV Cup game. I think home. they were just scared of losing to Lundberg and didn't want to <laughs> didn't didn't want to get shown up. Yeah, because I mean, if if Milano wakes up and plays well at home, because like Ferry Rager's this game was not very good and like just a, a lot of. Milano never, yeah. yeah, Milano never had a chance with how well Xavier Che played last week. But um, if Milano wakes up and wins three zero or three to one, then we've got golden set potential here. And if if, that, if that's not broadcasted, that would be a shame. That would be a damn shame. That would be a shame. But that's the CEV for you. Boomers, boomers, boomers. Shout out to Kawar Butrin though. I mean, twenty three for thirty four, two errors with a block and three aces is ridiculous <laughs> that is pretty filthy that an, that mm, we we're, we're 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 big fans of kyle bruchin here i love this him. show yeah that's yeah. An insane performance all right enough about the cev i think we spent like a full hour talking about europe there was so much to talk about though Rob. there was we there was uh, we, yeah we i think i hope that we did it justice before we move on got to remind the people about that volleyballstore.com everett let them know Absolutely. Head over to thatvolleyballstore.com. Use the code SPICE. You're going to get 15% off your entire order. Of course, we got that brand new Where's Daddy line. And there's also the new Anti-Volleyball Volleyball Club that you'll see uh, in, the, in the blue and the yellow there. So that, that one's a pretty fun, too. It's actually going to be it's, it's going to be a different T-shirt than like this one. It's going to be a little bit thicker, Rob. Mm. Like okay. a little bit, a little bit boxier, you know, okay. it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but it's a nicer, thicker t-shirt, you know, maybe something that you can wear out in the town. Ooh. Yeah. If, man, if, if, you, if you people are wearing our gear out on the town, then we, we've reached another level. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Pick up some stuff. Use the code spicy. It's for 15% off for viewers of this show. Definitely get some of the daddy Stankovic collection because of course. There's every, daddy. Every we need a theme song. Well, we, like when uh, you hit this, when we hit this, it needs to look, do, 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 you know, like it's the price is right. 
our friend Joelle made us one. I just never got her the the Where's Daddy materials that I owed her. So we we can circle back to that. I think there there is a draft of a Where's Daddy theme song that exists. Okay. So we might we might have to get that one in. But of, of course, if you're familiar with the show, it's our favorite segment where we hide our hero Daddy Stankovich in uh, somewhere in the show in one of the assets in the middle of the screen. And when you find him. You try and comment. So you race to the comments of the main YouTube comments after the show is over. And if you comment the timestamp of where he is, you get a shout out. So last uh, or not last week, two weeks ago, last show, uh, you see there the results from the Super League of that week where Catania was the victim of a three donging by Perugia. If you look closely in the Catania logo, there is Daddy Stankovich. So our Brazilian friend Jackson Jr. found him right away. Uh, Koi Bui found him as well. Uh, someone says a bit late, but our little ball of sunshine is hiding in the Catania logo at 34 minutes, which is hilarious. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate all of you participating in Where's Daddy. Make sure you keep an eye out for for the man himself. And if you find him, wait till the live stream is over. Comment the timestamp of where he is in the main YouTube comment section after the show, and you can get a shout out the following week. Just look at him. Just look at him. Beautiful. God, Beautiful. Although he wasn't, he wasn't great in yesterday's game. Uh, the Modena game. At least we got no. to see him out there. That, that was, yeah, that was a treat. I was, it was, I was surprised they went. I was surprised they went with him over Brev, but Brem. But well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Super League. We've got two rounds to catch up with. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on, except on a couple like particular matches. Uh, round. What is this? Round thirteen was like was about a week and a half ago now. Uh, we saw Piacenza 3-2 Milano, like right after they played a five-setter in the Coppa Italia quarterfinal that Milano won. Uh, Piacenza got revenge immediately. And then there were a lot of three-dongs. Uh, yes. lot, lot, and a lot of pretty predictable ones. Verona three-donging Modena wasn't quite so predictable. But uh, like we won't talk about Perugia, Monza, I don't really need to talk about. Trentino, Toronto, no way. Lube, Padova, no way. But uh, let's, let's, let's look at that... Uh, Padova, sorry, Piacenza Milano for a little bit. I think that match is worth talking about. 15 13 yeah. Piacenza. I know I watched this one, Rob, and I don't have my book with me for all my notes, and I didn't put them into my computer. So I'm trying to remember what happened in this game. Yeah, it felt like so long ago. What what I'm what I'm looking at here is that Yuri Whoa. Romano was bad, negative yeah. efficiency, and Fabrizio Gironi came off the bench and was rather good. Yeah, and Riccine was disgusting 21 for 33 real good yeah he's been having a fantastic year it's been really fun to watch for francesco ricino play ricino play volleyball yeah kaczynski wasn't great he was 10 for 32 um got the start over ishikawa and dearlich start over ragers no Dierlich was awesome no Ishikawa in the front row, but Durlich was awesome. I do remember that 19, 19 for 37. He had three blocks, no aces. But um, 22. I think it's this is this is a tough for Milan to play with Yuki Ishikawa, right? And like that's he, he drives the bus for that team. Yeah. And like, I mean, they played Piacenza just a couple days before that and they beat him yeah. in five in like you could argue a more meaningful game in the Coppa Italia. And they, so I think they, they manipulated their lineup. They still got a point and they still like had Piacenza on the ropes. Uh, somebody says Romano back-to-back aces in the fifth uh, as a yes. serving sub. That, that, that's, Romano, that sounds right. That sounds familiar. Romo, yes, I do remember that. Romano did come off the bench for back-to-back aces in the fifth. Um, 
thank you for helping us jog our memory. There's a we're going back in the archives a bit here. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard when you have two weeks of two weeks of volleyball to remember, and you're watching it every every damn day. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, if I'm Milano, I'm not too upset with that loss. No, 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 like, no. PHNs is a good team. You're doing it without your best player. You have, you've just beaten them. You go the distance. It, it kind of is what it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm scanning through the, the Monza Perugia stats really quick just in case there's anything noteworthy, but there's kind of not. Uh, Steven Marr was good. Yeah. Marr but, was uh, good oh, my God. Ole Plotnitsky, 15 for 20, no errors. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> And fifty-seven uh, percent perfect, seventy-nine percent positive passing. That's outrageous. I mean, you're just not going to beat a team with a guy who performs like that. It was like how good he was in yesterday's first set. <laughs> like he was so good. Ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, let's move um, on to yeah. Let's move on to yesterday's move, games. Yeah, yesterday's games is is what is much more on the forefront front of my brain because there was some fun stuff happening yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um. Um, Lube getting absolutely just donged by oh. it wasn't even worth watching to be <laughs> no, to be honest it wasn't. it wasn't even close this is once again whiny Lube and like Lube just gets into this mode although DiCecco is just spraying the ball like a 13 year old in his bedroom like he <laughs> is just all over the place <laughs> gonna get us demonetized on YouTube saying stuff like that why oh, that's not God. come on he, the, there's no, algorithm, no algorithm, algorithm is gonna pick that up but DiCecco oh, is my just God. It's nobody all, report us for that it's all over the place I, I want to see if the, the chat responds to that oh no but like <laughs> DeCheco is just all over the place with his location. Like this team really is is it has some struggles at times. Like they they have potential to look really bad at times. Yeah, they do. Uh not a great Otis Legumsha game. No. Uh not a great Ivan Zaitsev game. Not a great Marlon Yant game. Uh Alex Nikolov was good, but he got yanked kind of, I guess. I mean, man, Yant got aced five times. Dude, this is rough. Yeah, let's have passed like trash. I mean, yeah, this this is absolutely never in doubt. This is a a very swift and convincing donging. And uh, Anzani, sorry, not Anzani, uh, Flavio, a hundred percent efficiency, six for six, good for him. Yeah, nine I mean, aces to eight errors for Perugia, more aces than service errors. Yeah, they were. It was just from the baseline, just yeah. complete domination. Bentara was awesome. Bentara was awesome. 10, 10 for 17, real efficient. They were just real efficient on the day in general. 40 for 71 as a team, 56% Ooh. swinging. And Ooh. then on the other side, like Lube just had nothing to do. 45% of the team, they had eight unforced errors, four of which came from uh, Lugumgia. It's not really that much to talk about here. This is this No. Is... It's a it's, bummer it's, because remember at the very beginning of the season, these two teams played a class, a two classics, Super Cup final, amazing, yep. and and the yep. regular season game that that Lube won in five was amazing. It was like awesome, awesome volleyball, and now it couldn't be more different. Completely different Lube that we're looking at. Yeah, the other game yesterday that I watched, Rob, was uh, Monza versus Modena, and now this was a missed opportunity for Monza. Big they time. didn't. They they didn't play great. Ran has been on a bit a bit of a run recently of just playing, not not like him. 
Uh, and now that's a that's a that's a fourth straight loss for Monza in the regular season. They started wow. this yeah, they started this year four four and uh, four and one, and now they are set and seven in the Super League. Uh, wow. And it 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 hasn't been pretty. Like their past two wins, they got one uh, against Lube in the cup, and then they won got one in the CEV Cup as well, or the Challenge Cup, whatever they're in. But recently, in it has been struggles cup. for for Monza. Um, this was the battle of the Brazilian setters. Bruno taking on his protege in Copa. That's um, fun. Pachopa is so damn slow. He, he does not. Fun. He does not move at any fast speed. The amount of times that they are completely out of system. Like, I'm sorry, but as a, as a starting center in the best league in the world, you should be able to get to the the, the to the like the five sideline in a decent manner. And like, if if the passer passes the ball somewhat forward and it's over to the five sideline, you should be able to get there. Get and your hands on that ball and be able like, to set two guys. Yeah. The amount of times that they are out of system purely because he can't get to the ball is a bit of an issue in, in, in my mind. Like, he looks like me out there. He has better hands, but, like, speed, same thing. So, yeah, like, it, it it's, like, there's been so, there was so many times, and, I mean, especially when Rand's passing has been as, as bad as it's been re- recently, and it's not like Lepke and Lepke and Mar are fantastic parter, uh, passers, and Gagini is... I don't even want to talk yeah, about what, him. What um, oh man, Gugini was terrible. Yeah, wow. He's he's either pretty good, but then he has these like lapses of judgment of like, what are you doing? You know, when he doesn't think he's actually fine, but you can tell he thinks too much. Um, but yeah, like when this team isn't passing great, Chopa just can't can't track down balls. It was it, it was interesting to see. But Milano, um, sorry, not Milano. I'm looking at something myself. Um, Modena. Got some real lucky serving, especially from Sanguinetti. They down the did. They like, did. That came down to late serving, late serving by both middle blockers. Sanguinetti true. got a huge ace, and then Galassi. I mean, with, with, with Galassi had the most predictable service error in the history of volleyball. Except down, so, like, God, down 13, the, 14. Yeah, but in the fourth set, Galassi like saved saved the set for them for with one of the most disrespectful set wins I think I've ever seen. He comes in and they're down, I think it's like 24-23. He serves an ace. Like they they they're, they're down by a little bit. Serves an ace. He goes back and serves another tough serve. They recycle it and, and get a score and then straight up like served an ace off of Davi Skiva's shoulder to end the fourth set like just like the most disrespectful serve like ripped it so hard out of bounds but Davi Skiba couldn't get it out <laughs> on the flip side though Davi Skiba Vlad Davi Skiba is the brightest spot this year for Modena by far hands down. he was so good um, 23 for 43. And I mean, I know his numbers weren't as good as Shaposhkov. Shaposhkov was 19 for 36. And I'm surprised to see that Shaposhkov only got blocked four times because it felt like way more than that. He gets blocked way too much for a dude who's seven foot two. Yep. Way, way, way too much. Yep. 100%. And so, yeah, there, there's kind of a lot to talk about here. Osmani Monterena, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. 12 he for 32. Solid. But it, like in in the right moments, uh, you said Daddy wasn't so good. He only went three for eleven, but he blocked five balls. Don't slander okay. a man like that. Daddy he was just predictable. Like 
it was it was getting to the point where like if he they were setting him in the middle, like I knew it was gonna get dug. Even he by got dug a lot. Yeah, he got yeah. he got he got dug a lot. Uh only seven blocks for Bodena and five of them belong to Daddy, so I'll give him that. Uh fourteen blocks for Monza, five aces to eighteen service errors for Monza, not great. And I mean you I think you kinda undersold it. Ron, we we've talked I think we've spoken very highly of Ron Takahashi this year as probably a top five outside hitter in the Super Lega for the first half of the season like he he's he's up there he's been very good like it's clearly Mikoleto 1 Semenyuk 2 I'd say like Ishikawa Plotnitsky Ran Lavia like all those guys have had good years Ran went 1 for 11 with 5 errors in this game like he was horrific so we're, we're he we're going to be fair when we, when when players have good games we'll talk about them. when players lay eggs we're going to talk about him. Like one for eleven then, with five errors is is her is horrendous. Yeah, and it's been a few games now. Like since like he has not scored over double digits since like in in the second half of the season. That's not he great. Has, he he has been bad in this in this second half of the season, Rob. Um, yeah, like six for seventeen. I, I don't know who they're playing in these games because it doesn't say. Thanks, Superlega for. <laughs> <laughs> it just says it says one return two return three return like that's that's all that's all it does it doesn't say who it's against it just says like the the match but yeah he has not been good um lately like seven points nine points and one point so so we'll uh, yeah this was this was a it, this was a fun game though i mean 15 13 in the fifth is fun and Monza needs to figure it out a little bit. Yeah, four straight losses is bad. And I mean, they had, I think it was Chisterna, Lube, Perugia, yeah. and now Modena in that order. Like, I'm sure you you can you can you're okay with losing to Perugia. But like those other three, you got to be more competitive in those games. Yeah, lost to Modena, lost to Perugia, they lost to Lube and Chisterna. So it's like you had you had Chisterna and and uh, Modena on on kind kind of either ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, they this yeah. Uh, in, in other news, Toronto finally won a fifth set. Good for them. I think their their second match win of the year and their first fifth set win of the year. Let's go, Toronto. Uh, Kyle Russell is actually pretty darn good. Twenty two points, seventeen for thirty with four aces and a block. Ten aces and nineteen airs for Toronto. That's super good. So I like to see that. Uh, let's see, how did Gabi play? 16 for 32 with an ace. That's pretty good. Good. Uh, two two American opposites uh, play, playing decently enough. Uh, Davide Gardini actually was super good. Other than reception was not very good. Uh, that's all I care about at the, about that game. Those two teams are irrelevant. Um, <laughs> you you watched Trentino Verona more than I did. I, I, I think I watched the tail end of it. You were saying that Verona won the first, then Trentino like, crushed them late. Is that about right? Oh, I just I just know what was going on in the Discord. I watched like okay. two seconds of of that game, and then I watched women's volleyball instead. Dude, Micheletto, my goodness, seventeen he's a, he's for thirty five, passed unbelievable from three blocks. He's, he's been a machine and tricycle man. Camille Rikliski was amazing this game again. It, it went, this went game, hard. this season, bro, this season he has been he has been the best opposite in the in the Superlega, hands down. Has he? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's pull uh, up the stats. Let's pull up the stats. Bean Dog, where are you at? We're gonna need you on this one. Um, served I, like trash, though. 
zero yeah, races, seven errors. He's, he's never been a server, though. It's never been his game. I, uh, you will have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. Any any praise for trick for a tricycle man as a player overall? But he was amazing in this game. Like twenty two for thirty seven is is automatic. And I mean, I mean God, M- Micheletto is is uh, Micheletto might be the best player on planet Earth right now. Yeah, he's uh, like Rich Lickley is fourth in scoring right now with two hundred and thirty two points. He's only four points behind Micheletto. That's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Namori Keita, eighteen for forty-one with eleven errors. <laughs> that's that's a heck of a match. A, a very Verona-like match for him. Uh, Rock Mozic, a lot of errors as well. Donovan Zavaronok, not efficient enough. It's like a bad this passing. Is... It's like a pretty classic Verona game, eh? Yeah. Ooh, classic two aces, Verona. fourteen errors. Ooh, ooh, ouch. classic Verona. Ooh. Um, honestly, this this matchup though is, isn't really fun to watch. Like, no, it's kind I, of not, and it's, it's a really, rivalry game too, isn't it? Like these two teams are geographically really close to each other, I think. Yeah, and Kenny Diaper, you're right. I've been in the Church of Richley for a long time, and um, <laughs> he's still like he is he is the 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 be- the best opposite this year in the Superliga. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to pry that take from my cold dead hands. I'm not gonna give that one up just yet. Statistically, like I'm looking at the stats right now, he is. All right, fine, fine, fine. Um, I mean, like, like unless you want to, like, 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 does Catania count? Like, do we count Paul Buchkeger in there? Then, like, you know, like, ridic- he's scoring a lot, but on not high enough efficiency. It's like a classic uh, high volume, low efficiency on a bad team exactly. situation. Exactly. Buchegger did put up 28 in a four setter against Piacenza, though. Oh, he's yeah. been a he has been a machine this year. But he, doesn't really have, he doesn't really have much else around him. He so. doesn't. Uh, I have nothing else to talk about about this week in Superliga. Like, why don't you stare at whatever we already talked about? Perugia Lube. No, Not let's go to the women. Yeah, let's. Go, uh, let's, let's I, well, we, should, we should at least we will talk about the win. We should at least acknowledge that uh, since our last show, Perugia did three dong Modena in the other Coppa Italia quarterfinal. Extremely predictable. We don't need to talk about the stats, but we at least need to like acknowledge it. Yeah. Honestly, like I, 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 it's unfortunately to the point where like Modena for me is almost in like scra zone. Ooh, that's actually not a, quite. That's a not, decent comparison. Not quite. But just in terms of like those are two teams who pre-pandemic I was always expecting to win and always to, expecting to be at the top. And since then, my expectations of their winning have uh, decreased dramatically. Yep. I, I mean, Modena is still making the playoffs. Like they're still somewhat of irrelevant. Like they still have players. So I wouldn't say quite to that point. But like I am just no longer like, especially early days of the Discord. Everyone was getting behind Modena because Tommy was was pumping him up, and I was like, "Yeah, Modena!" And like now, that's just not happening. Like I don't like nothing inspires me from there watching them play volleyball. Although nope. Sang watching Sanguinetti serve a couple of aces, that was kind of fun. He's very good. He's a very good server. Not a good enough blocker, but a very good server. All right, let's talk about the women. There were good games in Italy on the women's side, at least. So we got two rounds to catch up as well. Round fifteen, there was nothing. Like no match results. The only thing that happened was Paola Egonu smoking Davide Mazzanti in the face, which was fantastic. You got it. I put the clip. I put the clip in the Discord. You got to go check it out. But round sixteen, there were two, at least two 
high profile games and then another game that you watched Everett that we'll talk about Corneliano barely squeaked by Kieri uh Kieri had him on the ropes in the fourth set yo Kieri was balling like they they sometimes sometimes when when this happens you have uh first and foremost I would never watching this one I would not classify Corneliano as a whiny team they just they just weren't getting the bounces Avery Skinner was unreal for Kieri, this one off like, the she bench was, too. Off the bench, she was hitting some shots, and she had some confidence about her. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Kieri generally, they were just out there to ball and to play. Grabelna on the right side really loved her. She I like her away. She like she was she was really dynamic. Like fifty two attempts, poor girl. She's <laughs> getting worn there, down. There was a moment in the fourth where I really thought that Kieri was going to take it. I, I really did. Luckily for them, they were able to battle through it. Um, we had uh, um, Lanier on, on the left side as opposed to Kelsey Robinson. Lanier, um, close enough. Lanier. She's not French. <laughs> Lanier. I, I don't know. Isn't she from Louisiana? Is she from Louisiana? She her her father is an NBA Hall of Famer, Bob Lanier. It's Lanier. Um, I promise. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Caneliano did pull away in the fifth, and Monica De Gennaro got a kill. Did you see this clip? Yeah, I awesome. saw that clip. That that was that was a sick clip. And I great. love like it was intentional. Second contact that's, platform. That's that, that that's, that's exactly what I would say. I mean, I, everyone loves the dig kill, but very few times is that intentional. You know, it's not like the Laurel Ludwig like over on one type of scenario, but her to have that vision to see that ball pop up, see that her ball her team was scrambling. It was like you could see the thought process be like, oh shit, I don't have an outlet set. Look here over. we go. Oh, here we go. Just you know, a little bit of Bagaron or Volus or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I I need to start a revolution in the international volleyball world. Why aren't we crediting liberos with points when they score them? What kind of nonsense world are we living in? Where when the, the, Eric showed you, why do we showed you even told us this? Remember, like we, we talked to him once, and because one of my my personal favorite libero kill ever was Eric against Argentina in the 2015 World Cup, like right as the USA was two or three points away from winning that tournament. He, Eric told us that he has a couple kills in his career, but the FIVB and none of the European leagues give points to Liberos even when they score them. Why does De Gennaro not get a point for this? It's a kill. It's a successful attack. She scored a point. Get her in the stats. What are we doing? It's it's such a cool thing. It's it's like a, it's like a goalie, a hockey goalie scoring an empty net goal, which happens like a couple times a season. They get points for it, and it's so rare and fun when it happens. Uh, Let liberos get points. They, they can, yeah. Let liberos yeah. get points. Hashtag Let liberos score. Keep track of it. Figure it out. Um, good game though. Good. Uh, Kerry is good. I think Kerry is in CV Cup, and they're like gonna be. Kind of like them and Chemik Polizze that are like the two good teams in that tournament. So they're decent. I have a lot of respect for them. I like Lovath Omarui. Very good young prospect. I think she played for Caneliano a couple years ago. Uh, she's like a, a, a an outside hitter who can actually score. So I do oh, like her. She's dynamic too. Yeah. 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 She wasn't my favorite player I watched this weekend. We'll touch on that in a second. Yes. But Omarui, Omarui is, a, is a lot of fun. She, yeah, I like she her. She's great. Where's she from? She's Italian. Yeah, okay. she she was on the Italian like that that Italian B team that played all of VNL last year. She played oh. a a good amount on that team. Okay, I didn't watch that team a lot. <laughs> neither, I, I, neither I, I did no anyone. 
I had no interest in watching a, <laughs> watching a B team. Uh, uh, the uh, other the other match in the Lega Volley Femminile over the weekend was a must watch. It was Scandici versus Malonza. It was a must watch until you watched it. Until you watched it. <laughs> it, was, it was a must watch until you watched it. It was a donging of the highest order by Malonza. Uh, 2021-15. Not close at all. Uh, Zhu Ting started the match 0 for 10. Carl started the match, I think, like 0 for 8. Yeah. Her boss wasn't great. It was bad. And Ogonu was in Ogonu mode. Lots 16 of... for 30 for Paolo with three yeah. aces. She did get seven errors, which is one of probably the only reason that you're seeing um, Scandi B in the, in the 20s for sets one and two. But this was an absolute beatdown all Dong the way in. through. And, and those jerseys look good for Malonzo this year. The pink ones? I like them. They've, they've figured out, like, their jerseys the past couple of years have been real bad. But this new colorway that they've been rocking with has been real good. The yeah. green on Castillo looks nice. great. However, yeah. their Champions League uniforms are a crime against humanity. They're, they're an absolute are they? problem. Oh, God. Oh, they're, they're an absolute problem. problem. Uh, it's it's amazing. So this was this was the the Beatrice Parochiale revenge game. If you remember earlier in the year, when like early, early in the season, like everyone knew that Malonza had signed Brenda Castillo to play libero, but Parochiale yeah. was starting. Like she had been there for a few years, and she was starting while Brenda was playing like Pan Am games with the Dominican Republic or something. Then when Castillo got there, she was obviously going to start, and Malonza's management was like, "All right, Parochiale, do you want to sit the bench here?" behind Castillo or do you want to go to Scandici another good team and start and that's what that's what she chose to do which I honestly I would have done the same thing and Parochialia was good this game she did get aced four times but the difference that Brenda Castillo makes is insane she's so good and the the like look at look at the look at the numbers you just cannot serve her you can't do it she's she only had six attempts and it passed 50% perfect, 83% positive. Like, you literally cannot serve the ball at her. It Watching changes her everything is... about an opposing serving strategy when you have a receiver that's that good. It's incredible. Well, watching her this summer was something different. Just the way she moved on the court. Like, she she sees the game in slow motion. I have, so no, I, I, have, I have no doubt about that. She sees the game in slow motion and has the body of an athlete, and usually that doesn't happen. Usually yeah. the players who read the game are the players who can't move the game. You know, they can't play, they <laughs> right. can't play the game. I can read the game fantastic. I just can't get my body to do what I want it to do. <laughs> you know, I just can't jump high enough and hit hard enough and you know, do, all, do all these you things. certainly like can't Castillo. beat me in short court. It was one time. That was one time. That that was one time. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah. Next time, yo, absolutely. We'll set it up when we're when we're in Ottawa. Um, she's she is just phenomenal. My hair's my hair's a little bit crazy, but this one was really anticlimactic. There's very much. There's there's there is there is Malonza is closer, a lot closer to Canigliano than Scandici is closer to Malonza. Um, Scandici as a Champions League team has a much better shot. I think at making making waves because you can have like you don't have that that foreigner limit and you can rock her bots and Ju Ting at the same time because Ju Ting is not she is no longer an offensive powerhouse. No, right? Like she she's, she, she is Osmani Wantorena in so many different ways. Like she has that ability. Like she is steady and she's a leader and she's good in serve receive and she's just really good. But like 
she's she's not the number one option on that team, and I don't think if Herbots is around too, I don't think she's the second option either. I think you I need like to that comparison her, a lot, but like. They they need like Antropova with only with only ten points is not enough. To me, yeah. this was very much a also I think I I wonder, Rob, if there's any friction between Agono and Antropova based off of this summer. I think that the I think that the friction is between Agono and Matsanti. I, I, I would be surprised but, if she has But any like once like again, like like we're thinking Agonu here. We're thinking like the mind of a killer. You know, if this is Kobe Bryant is she making up a, a reason to have a slight against Antropova in her head? Maybe like, this is this is the person who they think going you know, to crown as the queen of Italy. Absolutely not. Right? It's like when uh, it's it's like when the Bulls played Serbia and they shut down the the, the Serbian guy. You know, like you got it. You you got to let them know, right? If yeah. if so, that's that's why I think you're seeing a real good uh, going to win this one. Yeah, not even that good of an outside hitter game from Malonza. Like Nika Daldrop, I think got the MVP. She was good, but not like not overwhelmingly good. She only scored nine points. Uh, I think they're just like trying to invent reasons to not give a go new MVPs of every match that Malonza wins. And honestly, fair enough. I think you start giving some to Brenda. Start giving some to her. She's awesome. She is great. Uh, the I don't have an asset for this, Eric, but the other the other match that you watched was Busto against Roma, right? Yeah, and this was a really interesting one because Busto, like Busto's, been really having a tough season. They had you know different coaches early on, and it, it, it just because they're the one who lost their coach. They lost Velasco. Yeah, they lost Velasco to the Italian national yeah. team. So the Busto is a team that really started the season poorly, but has really been picking it up on the other side. Roma coming up from A2 has really surprised everyone. But this one, Roma is now on a five-game skid, has now lost five in a row, whereas Busto with this win is just within one point of them. And this was a dominant win, too. Like Roma really wasn't uh, involved with it uh, at all. But yeah, This was like a convincing three-dong. This, this was a Vincent Trong and one of the things, one of the wins that kind of put Roma on the map in the first half of the season was five set win against this Busto team. Now, usually Busto is like a top five team recently in the past few years. Like, like this was a team that since the pandemic has gotten top four in the Champions League. Yeah, that's right. right? They uh, made Champions League semifinal that year with Jordan Poulter and Alexa Gray and Camila Mangardi. It was Camilla fun. Mangardi. It, it was a lot of fun team, but man, they, this, this, Busto team has a lot of a long way to go, but Martina Bracky, man, I kind of fell in love with a new player yesterday. There's been a lot of people saying, "Did we give her the best U21 award?" We in, did. In, okay, or at least our, our Italian friends did, and and yes. rightly so. And the, the story about her, like starting as an opposite and Velasco switching her over to the left early this season, is a big deal for Busto, for the league, maybe even for the Italian national team. Like uh, straight up within five minutes of putting this game on, just watching how she moves, watching how dynamic is she is, watching some of the shots she she takes. You're, I'm immediately thinking like this 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 girl needs to be on the national team mm -hmm. right she she needs to be out there playing because she like omarui who was really good i didn't think like there's there's a lot of areas of omarui's game that i think needs to be improved that Bracky has already got in, in 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 my opinion just from watching her she's she's very quick she's dynamic she's a live arm 
passes really well. And then she just looks interesting. She looks like she's chiseled from marble. Like she just has that like classic like Renaissance painting look of her. The she's got great. fantastic hair. This curly hockey hair that's like just a hockey of, player, yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh man, she is great. I absolutely fell in love with watching Martina Blanchi play. Bracky play this, not Bracky, sorry. Bracky play this uh, weekend, and I'm absolutely going to watch more Busto Volleyball just to watch her play, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw her really climb the ranks within the Italian volleyball um, coming up. Good for her, man. I mean, she, she passed lights out, too, like 60% yeah. positive, 70%, uh, sorry, 60% perfect, 70 positive, 15 points, um, respectable efficiency, and uh, yeah, I've only watched her a tiny bit, but I need to look at a little bit more to get the same like feeling on the eye test that you're getting because the the our Italian people in the Discord are very very high on this kid. As soon as as soon as I was like I was watching her and I posted the Discord and then of course we had some people come up and and give me some backstory and as as soon as I heard that she was an Oppo, watching her move on the defensive side of the ball like you can tell it's very intentional like you mm-hmm. can tell that right now she's still in that moment of her career where like she's having to like think so much on the court um but her movement is really good she's like 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 whether it's like free balls or or serve receive like i was very impressed like you should definitely check her out cool that that's that's a glowing review uh let's let's catch up on the plus liga there have been two rounds we're not going to talk about every game but there have been a couple notable results plus they got to the midway point we know the 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 polish cup field now um, the last round of the regular, uh, r- last round of the first half of the regular season looked like this. It included JSW beating Zoxa three to one. It included Rasovia getting upset by Gdansk, and it including Olsztyn getting upset by Suwałki. And so a lot going on there. And then there was even more drama in, in the second round. I'm looking at the stats of Zoxa JSW right now. They're, this is not that surprising. I mean, Zoxa in their current state is probably no. not going to beat JSW. But uh, we're talking about, about Zaxa losing to Olympiacos. Like, <laughs> but it's not really the same. No, it's not. Jean Patry was really good. Tomas Fornal was really good. Uh, Yuri Glotter in the middle was really good. Huber was really good. Um, let's see. What, what did Zaxa even do here? Bednor is not good. Kachmarek, not good. Enough said. Enough said. Just. just just, just, just no, just no one's any good. Yeah, and it's to me, it's clearly a mental thing at this point for Zaxa, right? Because like some of these players should be enough for you to get by. Like, obviously, not against GW. Like that's 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 a different story altogether. But you shouldn't be losing to Scraw three nothing that they did yesterday. No, uh, Rosovia losing to Gdansk is just another example of. Rusovia being embarrassing. Uh, I, I hate Fabio Amjuzga. I hate watching him. I'm sick of it. But look at this stat line. Peter Orchik, an outside hitter from Gdansk, who I have never seen before. 19 for 24 with zero errors. 79% efficiency and 20 points. For Gdansk? Yes. <laughs> uh, like him and Mikolai Savitsky are the outsides. I'm like I've, I've seen Savitsky a bunch. I've never seen Peter Orchik before. But that is insane. 19 was... for 24. <laughs> Come on. He, and then he went 15 for 22 yesterday against Katowice. Whoa. Uh, yeah. You know, didn't Gdansk lose that game? <laughs> they did. They lost it. They what lost the it hell? in five. Man, but man. he looked like, like he had... Okay, he had 16. 
Um, Saviki had 20. Who, who's good for yesterday? Oh, Vecino had 26. Vecino right. was 22 for 35 yesterday. Woo! And Jakub, Jakub Jarosz was 19 for 37. Jakub Jarosz is still playing? That's, what, that's oh kind of what I, was, what I was thinking. Oh, my God. Old man Jarosz is still doing it. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. Rosovia is, is just so frustrating. Um, I know Kokonovsky got hurt. But um, they, they didn't even really play Stefan Boyer. Not totally sure why. Uh, TJ DeFalco was not good. Clayman Shable hit negative. They had to bring in Adrian Stashevsky, the fourth outside hitter, to actually start two sets. He hit negative. Like, but, but the, this is what, like, oh. so Rosovia loses to Gdansk, but then turns around and beats Vershava. I know. It's so confusing. <laughs> I don't understand it. And same with same thing with Olsten. Like Olsten loses to Suvalki, and then they turn around and like put up an, an incredible match that they did lose in five at Xavierche. But like that was a sick game. I watched the whole thing. It was awesome. I kind of like how many games you have to play in the Plus Liga and just how they play like random day games because it is very much more more like North American sports. Yeah, where, like, yeah, it is. A win isn't guaranteed. You know, like sometimes you see like the thirtieth place team in the NBA beat the best place team. You know. And you don't really see that in volleyball as much, but you get it more in the Plus Liga, and I kind of like that. Yeah, because they're playing a bunch. So like, here are the the games from the first round of the second se- second half of the season. Uh, like that that Xavierche Olsen game, I, I watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. And Olsen yeah, had him. It was. It was great. Olsen had him on the ropes, and I was I was rooting for him, and they w- weren't quite able to get it done. Xavierche figured it out in the like an overtime in the second, and then uh, what was the their Xavierche is like backup opposite. What was his name? Uh, Daniel Ganshur came off the bench and uh, to serve late in the fifth, uh, put a good ball in at, to go up 14-12, then ripped an ace to win 15-12. Very, very fun game. You know what, Rob? I have a resolution. I know yeah. it's a little bit late, but it's still January. We're only we're halfway through. But I have a resolution in 2024 is to watch more Plus Liga. Do it. You got to do it. Right. It's it's so much fun to watch. The production quality is so good. There's so like, many good teams. I need to, and I mean, luckily, thank you to the Discord. I've been provided with a link where I've always been. A, I'm now consistently can find Plus Liga games a little illegally. So, um, appreciate y'all for that. So, I definitely need to. I think we need to start pumping up. I need to start pumping up the Plus Liga a little bit more. Plus Liga is you know, so just, awesome. Just throwing it on in the background. You know, yeah, it's really good. Uh, and a, a, another good performance from Patrick Waba, the third outside for Xavierche. The fact that he can produce off the bench is really, really good for that team. Uh, Biniak was great. Cleveno was very good. Butrin dropped 22. And then on the Olsen side, uh, Moritz Karlitzek, actually, I thought we had a really good game. Um, like 39% efficiency, uh, but 22 points, uh, five aces. He, like, there were a couple of those balls that he served that are just like straight up unreceivable. Like There's nothing you can do about them. But Alan Souza was okay. Uh, Nico Scherzen was okay. Uh, Josh Tuaninga didn't set the greatest game. Uh, there were just a couple like badly located balls in key situations that I didn't love. But uh, Manuel Armoa made a couple big plays off the bench. Like this was just an awesome match. Super super good match. I had a good time watching it. Nice. What are the that. other? I am, Let's see. I am a little bit disappointed that we haven't. I haven't seen uh, Sam Cooper as much for Zavierci this year, but that also kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean that tracks there. Yeah, he's he's um, new. They're really good. I mean, but then, like you said, out of nowhere, like Rosovia recovers and beats Vershava in four. That's, that's the other one. Looking at this one, like Bolat's at twenty four for Vershava, but everyone else was kind of a, like the next highest scorer for them was Shalpuk with eleven. Um, mm. 
But then yeah. he had like really good Boyer, Chabul, and actually Luati started it outside, and all three were good. And mm-hmm. Ko- and Kozub started at center. So look at that. You bench Fabian Zizga, and good things happen. Yeah, no TJ that? in this one. TJ did not see the court at all. It's, it sounds like TJ, we're really seeing a midseason slump for a lot of guys who led their teams this summer, eh? He was hurt for a bit and then came back and wasn't so great. I actually don't. Yeah. I'm not sure he even suited up for this game, and he's he's listed on the roster. But uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with TJ. But I mean, my takeaway from this is if you bench Fabian Juzga, good things will happen. If you bench Fabian Juzga, good things will happen. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, out, John Paulo Madej, you weird head looking bald man. Where are we at in the standings right now for the Pusliga? Okay, so JW. I have them here. This is yeah. this is one round outdated. So this is okay. after this is after the first half of the season was over, and this this determined the burst for the Polish Cup. Uh, top six in Poland make the make the Polish Cup after the first half because there's these they, they they give two spots to teams from the second division. So uh, JSW, Warsaw, Zawierce, Rosovia, Gdansk, and Luke Lublin. That the, the, are the Plus Liga teams that get spots in the Polish Cup. It looks like this. Uh, Luke Lublin has been one of the pleasant surprises of the entire season. I had like no expectations of them being this good. Uh, but I, I give Martin Comenda a lot of credit. I give Tales, the Brazilian libero, a lot of credit. Uh, he's been really good. I even, oh man, I, do I have to give Damian Schultz credit? God, I hate him. He's he's been he's been decent and opposite. Uh, yeah, so this is the Polish Cup field. A take that I had a few weeks ago was that Zaksa missing out on the Polish Cup is good. It's a good thing. Honestly, yeah, I think it is good for them because yeah. it's going to give them some time. Because it's when is it? Is it at the end of the month? Uh, yeah, I think the first round. No, is in like two, uh, maybe no, yeah, maybe it's March. February. The the finals are like the first weekend of March, so it's it's pretty early. No, it looks like the finals are yeah March oh, yeah, March second yeah. and third, and I can't. Oh yeah, like okay Valentine's 14th, Day. Yes, and... so Valentine's Day. Okay, okay. So yeah, you got a little bit of time, but yeah, that's just another match or another series of matches that Zoxa just doesn't have to play, and that's 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 a yeah. good thing for them at this point. But yeah, um, JSW gets Gdansk, uh, Rosovia gets Lublin. I mean, that could be interesting. And then Zavierce and Vershava get the two second division teams. So they should beat them, no problem. But then you get Zavierce versus Varshava in the semifinal, which will be very fun. That'll be a very good game on like on like the big stage in Krakow, like in early March. Like that's going to be sweet. Love Polish it. Cup's a good tournament. Uh, there were what were the other couple of results I had written down from this? For, oh yeah, Skra three donging Zaksa. We already talked about it, and then yeah. Katowice beating Gdansk in five. You, you mentioned it a yeah. few minutes ago. Yeah, there's there's a there's a little bit of changes in the standings from what you just posted. Yeah. Um Vershava uh dropped to second or third, sorry, with Zevieci in second, Lublin jumped over Gdansk for is now in fifth. That's Zaks amazing, all, man. Luke yeah. Lublin in fifth. Uh Zach's is all the way down to tenth now. Um yeah, Chestahova pretty looking pretty good in twelfth, and sure. Radom is five points out. Ooh. Sitting in the last place right now, Ouch. so that win for Katowice really helped them because they've uh, they're now two points ahead of Lubin. Uh, Katowice has won four out of their last five. Like now they they've beaten a lot of pretty bad teams, 
uh, other than other than the Gdansk win. Now they do play Vershava next. That'll be tough, but uh, good for them. They've climbed out of relegation position. Have they Not made a, any? Have they made any transfers or anything? No, recently? they just like they let Kozub go. They let him go set for Rosovia. That's kind of been it. But that's cool because, as far as I know, I think Katowice is the only like multi-sport club that has a plus league team. All those oh. other clubs are are volleyball specific, but Katowice's got like a soccer team and all the other. Oh, teams I, I didn't know that. You learn something new every day. Yep. Uh, all right, a oh, couple more things to get to. One, there are actually two big matches in the FLR League in Turkey that we need to talk about. The first was a Hawk Bank versus Zirat Bank game, and whenever these two teams play, it goes five. Every time, every time without fail, these two teams go five. And it's always worth talking about. Uh, Hawkbank wins this one 15-10 in the fifth. This one was interesting because Valter Termat did not play for Zerot Bank. Matt Anderson actually started it opposite and played the first mm -hmm. three sets. Then they moved Anderson to the left and put uh, Luciano Vicentin in on the right side in sets four and five. Interesting move. Why aren't they, why aren't they using him more? Thank why aren't you. they using Vicentin more? Why don't you just have Vincentine and whoever else on the left side? Like it's Vincentine and um, Tweenstra or Kameko or I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't really get that one. Uh, but it's it's like you can see it too. Like I saw a few clips of him just hitting in warm up, and he doesn't look happy. Like he doesn't look stoked. And Vincentine is such like he's so like like it was so much fun to watch him play this summer for Argentina. I know he's playing with Polonski as his boy, and it's whatever. It's a lot easier to play in that situation, but still like. It's it, it hasn't been fun to watch. No, it hasn't. As being, um, a, as being a fan of Lucentine Vincentine. Yeah, he's so Gen good. I, 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 love, I love Luciano Vincentine. I'm hoping that he gets more time because he deserves it. A uh, very good Namir game. 18 for 30, three blocks, two aces. Um, it's, it's so interesting how much better he's been in Effler League competition versus everywhere else. Uh, Irvin Ingepet was not good at all. I'm actually surprised that he started all five sets. Uh, Mirza Legumja was very good, 14 for 23. Didn't pass the ball great, but it was good on offense. Then, yeah, uh, Zirat without Termat was just kind of scrambling a bit. Uh, Kameho was fine. Uh, 12 for 25, two aces. Passed okay. Yeah, I don't really understand that if you're... Okay, thank you, Bear Kai, for providing some context. As context. Zirat having internal problems. Uh, Kavaz is the coach, right? Yeah, Mustafa Kavaz and Kameho arguing during the game and... Uh, yeah, but our, our Turkish friends in the Discord have, have kind of have have their eyes on what's going on in in Zero. Once again, room. once again, why the Discord is amazing. You want to uh, know yeah. what's up? Yeah, we, we had people who were sitting right there, and they heard you know Kamejo fighting with the coach. Yeah, you don't get that on Volleyball World. Nope, I love this community. You guys are so awesome. You bring us so much. Uh, so yeah, these I like Bear Kai's line. These two teams are addicted to each other. <laughs> I just can't. I like that. I, I like it too. It's fun. It's always fun when they play it. But the other game we got to talk about, out of nowhere, one of the most disappointing teams in volleyball, uh, the, the the team who was uh, awarded in our midseason awards by the community as uh, the biggest stooges of the first round, and Glenn Hogue and Arkaspor Izmir, three dongs Zerot Bank. I mean, what? Like Arcus is is still like you've still got Grozier, yeah. Who, as we know, is coming off like an all time tournament of his. Nick Hogue, stud. Efe Mandaracha, stud. Good to see him healthy, man. 
whoever number one is there. Fucking good looking guy. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> uh, very, uh, very subtle. Uh, I'm not, not going to totally give it away, but if you're if you're looking, if 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 you, if you know, you know. Uh, yeah, good for Arcus. Uh, Grozer was awesome. F.A. Mandaraja was awesome. Nick Hogue was awesome. 12 for 20, no errors. He passed like trash, but uh, really good on offense and serving. And then uh, Zerot Bank just didn't have it. Negative efficiency for Termat. Uh, not a great game from Anderson. He got aced five times. Uh, Kamejo was good, but nothing else. And so uh, kind of like a a perfect storm. Okay, Berkai is saying, Erturul Gazi Metin. Who is this guy? He must be a middle. Is he a middle? Yeah. Remember, no toy Metin. No, they... Maybe that's maybe, maybe no. Mitten is a first name, if I if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I do remember that we gave some midseason award to Eturul uh, Gazi Mitten. Is a, yeah. So he's a middle for Arcus, and uh, Berkai says that he dominated dominated against uh, both Bulbul and Gunesh. I guess. Cool. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But yeah, I mean. The, the wing trio of Mandaraja, Grozer, and either Hogue or who's their other option? They've got another guy. And then they have Jordan Canham on the bench. Like that, that's the Arcus that we kind of expect. Haven't seen it much this year, but it's the Arcus we kind of expect. So good for them. Love that. Uh, All right. Yeah. Is, that, is that it for our Europe, European stuff for today, Rob? We had so much to catch up on. Because you've been uh, you've been getting a new job and and been working and stuff like that. I Is have that about it. That's it All for right. your two things let's, stateside. Yeah, let's one. one. <laughs> I guess we'll see. But full first and foremost, it is the start of the VLA season. Uh, getting off this weekend, um, I have to say, Rob, I've been seeing all of these men's tier two teams pop up. Y'all have 30, 38 men's tier two teams this year. That's right. Now, I absolutely love, I've been seeing, like, I feel like a lot of these teams are doing better with their media this year. Um, I, I love to see it. My yeah. question, well, my question is, at what point are you just going to wash everything and start everything from zero? So we're... Like probably is, is, next off season, we're going to add a tier three. There, okay. like we'll we'll be able to, we'll separate tier two into tier two and tier three. Because thir- okay. uh, there, so the, the VLA is an American. Um, we've got both men's and women's right now. There's 58 teams. There's eight men's tier one, 38 men's tier two, and 12 women's. So the women's picked up four teams this off season, which is awesome. Men's tier two picked up, I think eight maybe 10 teams this offseason like the growth is insane it's the it's such it's so good for just the concept of the league and how it works to to grow at this rate we got so yeah the season is this weekend west division cup in san diego i'll be there i'm looking forward to getting out of it's like negative five right here in chicago and it's going to be nice down the southwestern part of the country so that'll be great for me fun tournament kick off the season but yeah like the the league is in such a good spot it's in such a good spot the growth is so awesome and we're still able to like empower all these teams to kind of run things themselves. They, a lot of them, other than the tier one teams, like they all make their own schedules, they play their own games, they stream their own games, they do their own I've, media. Like the I've league, been seeing this, right? Yeah, like, it's impressive. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. 
and they're like the so when once we get to the point where we can separate like tier two from tier three it's just kind of like the how like how hard are those teams trying to get promoted i think will be the difference like are, are they are they playing enough to like earn a lot of points or are they just like you know playing once or twice a year and just having a good time with it and either is okay like that's the point of the vla like we want to let people play and let them make it let them make whatever they want out of their time in the league but 38 tier two teams is a lot and we'll uh we'll probably separate them out next off season but it, it's uh been a very good off season uh there's a lot of very good stuff going on i have a lot a lot of things on my vla to-do list we have a brand new website which is spectacular it's so much better than the old one i encourage people to go check it out uh there, right there's a lot of good stuff going on a lot of good stuff going on how many teams are going to be bumped up into to division one tier one so it's not about number is, of teams. And is there is there going to be a relegation at a certain point? Eventually, yes, there will. Because yeah. this is, and Rob, you already know, this is, the, ooh, this is a nice new website. I like this. Thank you. It's way better than the last one. Way sure. better than the last one. This is my biggest beef with the VLA, is the fact that it feels like you have a few fat cats in tier one who have been OGs from the beginning. Oh, team Pineapple. <laughs> I'm not naming any names. I am. I'm not naming any names. It seems like you have a few OG fat cats out there who are from a previous era of men's adult volleyball in the United States. Back to the PVL who, era. Exactly. Who have not proved and have not done the things necessary, right? Like, this is this is my forever biggest beef here with the VLA. Right. Um, also, if you were like, I'm a, I'm a throw, a, I, I'm a throw a few questions at here at you, Let's here, hear it. Rob. Let's hear it. If a team were to join and to be like, I want to buy my way into tier one. Here's our roster. We can like a certify that like we know these are good players, and like here's the money. I don't want to play. I just want to go straight to tier one. Is that a possibility? Probably. Okay. Hasn't happened, but it, I I think that it could. All right, let's get Vince on this phone. Let's see what that money number, <laughs> that that uh, that uh, that number is. Second of all, with the introduction of pro women's leagues in the states, if either of the outfits that are preparing themselves, like either pro volleyball uh, federation or league one and, or league one, AU doesn't count. That's no, not real. It doesn't. It's I'm sorry. Not <laughs> it's real. not. I agree. Um, it's not real. Um, I love the fact that they're paying players 100%. You're giving them a chance to be professionals, but you're not, not really. a real league. It's not, well, it's not gonna last. If either one was, was to, you know, come to you guys and be like, we want to partner with you guys, you know, you need to come underneath our umbrella under our branding, but we want you guys to run, you know, the, the men's side, probably thinking more League One VB because they partner with like a lot of different clubs and have that, that structure, it looks like. Would that be a possibility for you guys? possibility but we're not going to stop doing it the way that we do it the the nice part about the vla and the part that i tell everybody is that the this is a slow and steady wins the race situation uh like we're, we're entering season five here uh although i mean 2020 was one tournament didn't count because of covid 2021 was abbreviated this is like the third real season but yeah. the the idea has been to like create like a proof of concept that grows itself and that runs in the black that, that that that's the goal don't lose any money create a little bit of our own money but don't lose any we don't we don't depend on the pockets of like a joe burrow a jason derulo like all these people that are sponsoring the 
the big women's leagues. Like we are not depending on the pockets of those people to run the VLA. The VLA kind of runs itself. That's the point. Was like to build the model, create it to be sustainable, create it to be inclusive, get a lot of people interested in it. That's never going to go away. We will, even if and when there becomes money, uh, the the sustainability and the model will not go away. So we're we will not budge on that if like if there were like partnership on the table. And I hope that I speak for the VLA board when I say that because the the concept that we've produced is I think so dependable and has proven itself to to grow. I mean, there's 58 teams in the league for God's sakes. So we believe in that. And I think the the plan is going exactly according to plan. Love that. And then Still- uh, your, your relegation question and how many teams get promoted. <clears throat> the, the, it's not about how many teams get promoted. It's how many teams reach certain targets in their divisions to get promoted. Like there will definitely be two teams that get promoted this off season. There will right. be a West, there will be a West division team for sure. Cause right now there's only two teams in the tier one West division. And like, Vince and I are going to do a show this week to preview this West Division Cup, and we'll kind of talk about the standing situations. But it'll so the you'll see there the Rising Tide and the Ascension are the two Tier One West Division teams. The San Diego Wave or the Dallas Dogs, or maybe even both, one or both will get promoted in the West this offseason because they're they're already about halfway to fifty points, and fifty points is not that much. And they're like they, they could both get 20, 20 or twenty five this season and get there. The other one is the Milwaukee Dive. Milwaukee has 75 out of the 100 that they need to get promoted in the Central, and they will get that this year. So so they're going to get bumped up, and then the East is a little more chaotic. But once we get to enough teams in Tier 1, right now there's 8. I'm thinking at least 12, maybe even 16. Then we're going to start bringing relegation into the picture. Definitely. Because I agree with you. Like it, I don't like the American sports thing where you can suck and then get rewarded with a high draft pick. Like that's not that's not my style. I think you have to try and be competitive to earn your spot in the league year over year, the way they do it in Europe, and that's like kind of the direction we're going. What is the criteria? Because so right now I'm on the standings page of the VLA. I'm I'm looking at the t- tier two overall standings. Mm-hmm. What is the criteria for bumping up? Is it is it total points? It's is points that like... or tournaments that you win. It depends on what division you're in. Okay. So it does go by division, not overall. Okay. And like the so the, the in the West it's 50 points or two tournaments. In the Central and the East it's 100 points or three tournaments. Okay. So like you see, dive there with 75. They're in the Central. Like they'll get 25 this year, no problem. So they'll they'll get to 100. But like they're the West. Uh, the, so the, the the standings you're looking at aren't right. I have them in front of me. Dives at 75. So we're, oh, okay. we're, we're getting it fixed. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I was like, I'm looking at it. They, they got a hundred uh, yeah. because like you've got Team Novus sitting in first place and they have two cup wins at 64 points. Like, are they getting bumped up? That's like that's the old ruckus team that chooses not to get promoted. They're 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 a weird gotcha. Case. Gotcha. But yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, if you want to watch VLA this weekend, it, uh, it'll be all on YouTube. Um, I, I won't have our, our boy Michael Wooten from Austin because he's going to be at the event that we'll talk about in a second. But I, I'm still trying to put together like the NFL Red Zone style, like the VLA all day broadcast. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it. I think I'm going to figure it out. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun tournament to watch. So uh, should, give it a look. Should, give it a look. On you should just bring me down to run the stream for you. I want to fly to San Diego. I mean, do you, have, you guys got budget to find me for San Diego? I got, I got no months. 
<laughs> uh, the other event, we're disappointed about this. It's the first it's point. This it's, year. it's the first point collegiate challenge. It's this weekend. It's a men's NCAA tournament. It's six teams. They're very good. We were there last year. We will not be there this year. We were hoping to do this broadcast. They made a poor choice to go with somebody else to do this broadcast. The matches are going to be good, but nobody is going to watch them. And it's a bummer. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Rob. <laughs> I'm annoyed because, like, so I was at I was at UCLA at Loyola on Saturday night in Chicago. I was, like, di- dipping my toe in, in some men's NCAA ball. And UCLA is sick. They're so they good. Sick. Yeah, they're so good, and like they're gonna like they're gonna play they're gonna play Ohio State and Penn State this this weekend on Friday and Saturday, and then you get like Penn State versus Stanford, which you saw last year was a great match. Like Ohio State versus USC is a sick match. Like, and just nobody's gonna watch these games. The broadcast is gonna be so bad, and nobody's gonna watch, and there's gonna be no media coverage, and nobody's gonna learn any of the storylines, and it's just so disappointing. Thanks, boomers. I don't really have any more to add. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have asked if we could have like done baseline highlights for this, but meh. Meh. Yeah. Austin's fun, but meh. Would have would 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 have been fun to go. Would have been, been fun fan- to go. Would have been fantastic. If only they uh if it's 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 not as if they showed tremendous interest in having us do the broadcast right after our Norseka broadcast. It's not as if they asked me to put in a bid literally the day after our Norseka broadcast, and I, sitting in a coffee shop in Charleston, West Virginia, put a bid in to do this broadcast because they said we need to make a decision urgently. We need to hear from you as soon as possible. It's not like that happened. Then it's not like I didn't hear from them for a full month and had to ask them what the, what the situation was, only for them to tell me that they went with another provider because they were going to pay the, the provider was going to pay them to do a terrible broadcast that nobody's going to watch. It's not like any of that happened. This is the new Pat McAfee show. Now we're just airing all our dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't think I was going to go on that rant, but. None of none of that is false. Let me tell you that much. No, none of none of that is is that 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 is all all true things. All you facts. know what? People want us there in the future. We'd love to be there. I right. think our past work speaks for itself. That's um, right. I think our community speaks for itself. Our viewership um, speaks for itself. Our viewership speaks for itself. Um, yeah, you know, maybe if we started treating volleyball like an actual business and like more eyes is better because we can get more sponsors and advertisers and get some other like outside dollars in as opposed to just like keeping this like just circle where we just keep on draining our own pockets for money like honestly i was watching it the other day and the fact that in like super lega games or like sort of like like cev matches the number one like board sponsor is cev tv you, <laughs> I know is you, that hilarious. Wait, so you they, they you are making teams have and like that's a that's a requirement. You can't like you need to have like a digital. You are making teams make a digital store sport, scoreboard for ads that are not paying you, right? Like they are a little bit, but like not to the extent that they they, they could be, right? Like it is absolutely bananas how bad volleyball is at business. It's it's hilarious. You know, it's hilarious. Like the more I'm learning about american volleyball business and (laughs) funny and we and like it's it's a it's a joke in this country because nobody knows what they're doing 
they've been doing it in Europe for 50 years and they still don't know what they're doing. It's it's insane. Uh, uh, I digress. It's this is a two hour and 15 minute show. Not surprising yeah, because is... we had a lot to talk about, but we love you guys. Thank you for watching. We need to get out of here so I can eat lunch and, and not die of loopiness and frustration with volleyball. But uh, big week. Women's Champions League tomorrow. Men's Champions League Wednesday. Uh, NCAA men's Friday, Saturday, if you care. VLA Saturday, Sunday. All the usual leagues. All the usual chaos. Uh, we will let you know when our show will be next week. And we love you all. Join the Discord. That's it. Love you guys. Peace. Thanks for watching. I'm tired. Me too. <laughs>